0: the audio vault on 94 1 San Antonio Sports Star is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225 2121 or online at mybestbailbonds.com. Joe Reinagle. That's
1: the third time in seven seasons. The San Antonio Spurs are the NBA champions. Jason Minutes. They go back
2: to Big Day as Super Bowl champions. Dallas 52. Brooklyn
0: Seventeen. It's the Blitz on ninety four one San Antonio Sports
3: Star. It is the Blitz here on ninety four one San Antonio Sports Star. Joe Reinagle on vacation. I'm Jason Menix. It's gonna be a good Thursday afternoon because it started off as a great morning unless you were stuck in traffic. But you're welcome. Yesterday we got off the show at at five thirty for baseball, right? And I thought, man, I've got 30 minutes to get to the wash tub and get my car cleaned because that rain that we had on Monday had those water spots on. It was looking like crap, right? So I go over to the wash tub yesterday, get there just in time, get my car washed. And of course, today it rains. So you're welcome. You're you're welcome. Uh, It needed the bath anyway, and we need the rain. Although I heard it was a disaster for those of you that have to drive in early morning traffic to get there because it must have rained a lot while I was still asleep. Uh, A lot. I mean, my wife said it took her over an hour to get to work. Normally, it's 20 minutes. I-10, 1604, all parking lots. But we need the rain. (coughs) Kind of like we need to win the lottery. And somebody out here has won $2 million from the lottery. According to the deal, the HEB at Grissom Road, somebody won $2 million. Two. Two. It wasn't me. Clearly, it wasn't James Pledger. Because if there was ever a day for James Pledger to have a uh, Uh, birds up, if you will, and tell me to go to hell it'd be today because we've been fighting today apparently like brothers. And I know that because we're not really fighting. But James isn't talking to me. He's ignoring to me. He's leaving his studio and slamming the door left and right because he put a ridiculous video today up online on our socials at S.A. Sports Star that just screams of the little brother needing attention. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go check out on our Instagram page. Is it on Twitter as well? Did you put that on Twitter or the digital guys? It's everywhere. If we've got a social channel, uh, it, it's on there, and it's just little brother screaming for attention. It's one of the more ridiculous arguments that you can have. And look, I I know. All right, you know, there's one dude on Twitter that, oh yeah, yeah, and and it's dumb. It's dumb. We'll get into that in, in a little bit. It's almost as. Well, not quite as gross as the uh, story that's that's out there about the uh, I don't know family member of the people that owns Bucky's. The son of the Bucky's co-founder has been accused of using hidden cameras to spy on people in uh, bathrooms. Yeah, yeah. Everybody knows Bucky's is about their bathrooms and Beaver Nuggets guy named Mitchell Wasick, 28, facing accusations he secretly recorded males and females using toilet, showering, changing clothes, and having uh, sex, according to arrest affidavit obtained by KXAN-TV in Austin. Apparently, um, they were at a guest house, uh, the lake house that the family owns, not at the convenience store, which is good news. But, um... Friends uh, took a camera and found dozens of videos of themselves and other people in the bathroom and in the bedrooms at the lake house that uh, Mitchell had access to. That's one of the more creepy things out there. You think about, you know, when you're in a hotel or when you're an Airbnb, hidden cameras. And, and look, all right, I understand if you've got something in the bedroom and you get off on that. But in the bathroom, watching somebody use the toilet, nobody needs to see that. Nobody, nobody Needs to see that um, it, it's not there, but uh, yeah, I'm sure the uh, Bucky's people are thrilled to, to have a story like that uh, going on right now. Is as, as they uh, continue. Man, we've got a lot to get into on it this Thursday afternoon, and we have a lot to give away today as well. You know there there are it, it's one of those weeks where I think there are three headline stories. I mean, the game of the week of the year in the NFL is Sunday night. Cowboys-Niners in a game you can listen to here on ninety four at San Antonio Sports Star. But you also have Texas-Oklahoma in the Red River rivalry happening on Saturday. And for the Aggies, not getting overshadowed this week by Texas because they've got Alabama coming to town. And the last time Alabama came to College Station, Alabama went home with a loss. What a weekend in football. What a weekend in For football for us. And and on Monday, there's going to be either a lot of really unhappy, pissed off people or a lot of real happy people, depending on how the weekend goes. But this is one of those weekends where, you you know, you don't have things scheduled, you know, appointment television, appointment television, appointment television, because you're going to be somewhere watching these games. These games aren't the kind that you could say, all right, well, I'll watch a little bit and check the score a little bit later. All of these games require 100% attention. All of them. Uh, it, it, there, there's going to be so much going on. So much going on this weekend when it comes to football. And the Houston Texans, they've got a big game as well in Atlanta. Because Houston, as we've talked about here, playing really good football. And what I'm seeing from Texans fans like James Pledger, you don't know how to handle success. You just don't, which is a shame. It's a shame. Yeah, Pledger, you can look at me like, what am I talking about? You don't know how to handle success. We talked about, and you, can, and you know this, you know, back in, there is a reason for Houston Texans fans to be excited. You know, the hiring of D'Amico Ryans, clearly they got the right quarterback in C.J. Stroud. But then James Pledger and other Houston fans, at least one that I know of, Joshua, I see you there. I know who you are. CJ's better than Dak. He's not. He's not. And if you think anybody right now that's a Cowboy fan would rather have CJ Stroud than Dak, no matter how much they might not like Dak, CJ is four games in. Give the kid credit for an incredible start to his NFL career. But at this point, it's not even as good as Dak four games into his NFL career. It's just, it's not there yet. Will he get there? Maybe. Potentially. You know, James, you could tell me on your video that he has a higher ceiling. Well, of course he does. He's four games into his career. Dak is eight years into his. We know what we have with Dak Prescott. C.J. Stroud is still a work in progress. We'll dive into that. But since, James, you asked the question on your video, would you rather have Dak or CJ as your quarterback leading the Cowboys? We'll ask you. two one zero six five six espn six five six three seven seven six. You can call. You can text. You can tweet X whatever at Jason Minnix at S.A. Sports Star can't believe we're diving into that but we will your calls as we continue here on the blitz on 94 one san antonio sports star it is the blitz here on 94 one san antonio sports star joe reinegel on vacation i'm jason munnix thursday night football tonight bears commanders here on one at San Antonio Sports Star. Brought to you by Flight by Yingling. It's also a reminder to get your picks in at sasportstar.com. Our A-Awesome Tickets Pro Football Pick'em Challenge. Weekly winners get a $50 gift card to Five Oaks Ace Hardware on Thousand Oaks. At the end of the year, whoever has uh, the, the most right, the grand prize winner, a $1,000 worth of tickets from A-Awesome Tickets. Right now, James Pledger. In first place on that leaderboard at Sportsstar dot com, you are. I checked it earlier. Ryan made me record a video. I'm in second, tied for second. You're tied for first, but yeah, uh, you got a one game lead on me.
4: But you're winning prime
3: picks. But I am winning prime picks, which we'll do tomorrow. Um, I, James, you you posted a video today at Sportsstar dot com, and I felt like you took a page out of Rudy J's troll bag. But I know you as a Texans fan, you're so excited about C.J. Stroud that I think you've lost sight of reality. Handle the success. And hopefully C.J. Stroud will get there. Um, he looks like the right guy. He really does. And everybody wants to talk about you know his first four games. He hasn't thrown an interception yet. He's had 151 pass attempts. You look this up, he ranks third. Third on the list to start a career, pass attempts without an interception. You know who's number one on that list? Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott, 176 attempts. Tua, by the way, is second with 152. CJ right now is third at 151. And I said the other day, his start reminds me of what we saw from Dak Prescott, and Texans fans wanted to blow me up for that. He came in, he played extremely well, played within the offense, and he made smart decisions. And that is what we're seeing from C.J. Stroud. Talked about this on Tuesday with Indy Kalu. C.J. doesn't seem to make the same mistake twice. He doesn't. He's a, a, what did Indy call him? A film study rat. You hear Jim rats. he's in the film room. He's doing everything, right? And I know, James, you're controlling all the comments that are going on there. And if you're a Texan fan, fine. And I know there are Cowboy fans that would like to have anybody but Dak Prescott. And I think those people, uh, Dak Prescott has become religion and politics. No matter what, you're not going to convince him otherwise. Dak is off to a great start this year. He's playing smart football. He's playing within the new offense, which looks different. So a lot of people think, why is everything short? Why is he checking? That's the way Mike McCarthy's West Coast slash Tex Coast offense is designed. But Dak Prescott isn't having a bad year. And I know I've been a defender of Dak, but I even said last year after they lost in the playoffs to San Francisco, he can be great in the regular season. I don't give a damn. I want playoff success or I'm ready to move on from Dak Prescott. I also live in reality, until the Cowboys have a real replacement for Dak Prescott, you're stuck with this guy, so you got to make the most of what you have with Dak Prescott. But to even suggest that you would rather have C.J. Stroud leading this year's Dallas Cowboys versus Dak Prescott, to me, is ludicrous. That's Texan fan, that's little brother crying for attention in the grocery store trying to get mom to buy the candy bar, and it ain't happening be happy that the Texans finally seem to be pointed in the right direction, because they are. The Houston Texans are playing far better football than anybody thought they would at this point, especially with some of the injuries that they're dealing with on the offensive line, and they're getting steady play from their quarterback. They're getting great play. But even right now, right now today, if you go to ESPN.com, Four games into the season, they do their quarter of the year awards. You know, if you were to vote for MVP right now, who would it be? Coach of the year, which D'Amico, I think, is third. If you look at uh, uh, offensive rookie of the year right now, C.J. Stroud isn't even predicted to win rookie of the year. Wouldn't have won it right now. That kid from the Rams, that wide receiver, he would win rookie of the year. And you can look at stats, all right? I see J4 right now, how many TD passes in four weeks for Dakota Rain. It's Rain Dakota, but whatever. Uh, you, you look at it, 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 it's about stats or is it about leading your team? And the Cowboys' struggles in the red zone are certainly there. They're certainly there. Um, I hope um, in eight years, C.J. Stroud is doing things that Dak hasn't done yet because another stat deck as the highest winning percentage without an appearance in the conference championship game. You know who's number two on that list? Tony Romo. Tony Romo. So your two last Cowboy quarterbacks are one and two on that list. It's organizational, too the curse of jimmy johnson jerry put that man in the ring of honor maybe the curse gets lifted 210-656-ESPN-656-3776 greg you're on the blitz what's up man how you doing sir i was man one thing you just hit on it right there and that's exactly what i wanted to say it's not the fact that i don't
5: like that Prescott. guy okay i think he's a great dude you know on and off the field whatever the case be
3: I just, we're just in that Tony Romo phrase again, the Mm -hmm. same thing, hopes, hopes, and then it's him that does not come through no matter how we want to see it. And you're you're, you're right, Greg. It's all about postseason success. That's how we judge quarterbacks is can you win in the playoffs? Can you win those big games when it matters most? And at this point, Dak Prescott has not done that. And, look, I was all in with Tony Romo. I was a Romosexual. When they went (laughs) to Dak, you know, I thought, all right, well, you know, and and Dak is great in the regular season. Dak is not an awful quarterback. He is a top-ten quarterback, but in the postseason, he hasn't gotten it done. He hasn't. That's the bottom line, and that's when it matters most. But to say right now you would rather have C.J. than you would Dak Prescott, it's immature. Um, I hope C.J. Stroud has playoff success a lot sooner than we've seen from Dak Prescott, which right now hasn't happened yet, because that's when it's going to matter. Yes, C.J. has a higher ceiling because we're four games in into his career. Dak Prescott's eight years in. We know what we have with Dak Prescott, but he's got to be able to find a way for him and his team to get it done. And I know we put it all on the quarterback. We know it's a team game, but last year in the playoffs, two interceptions. Two interceptions. Now, defense did a good job last year against San Francisco. Could they have done more? I mean, you look at this game coming up on Sunday night. Is it more on the defense? Is it is it more on the offense? That's the bottom line. Pledge, I can't see who's who's on two. Nil? All right. I, I didn't know if this was an NIL agreement or nil or how you say that. Nil! <laughs> You're on the blitz. No, that's good. was
1: good. Hey, Just a quick question, and I'm going to listen to y'all after. Um, Dag's talent level, like the team around him, his rookie year, is a lot better than what C.J. shots were coming. Just that comment. And uh, I think Zeke that year, honestly, was rookie of the
3: year talent level. Well, I mean, uh, no, nobody's nobody's saying that CJ isn't doing a lot of great things with less. But to say yeah. if you took CJ right now and put him on the Cowboys would there be a difference in what you're seeing quarterback play? If you put Dak in there with Houston, how much different in there is there? Is there a higher ceiling with a rookie that's four games in? Well, that's Captain Obvious of course, because you know what you have with Dak Prescott. You know his strengths, you know his weaknesses, and we know that during the regular season kid is fine. Postseason is when he's got to get it done.
1: That's true, and I think that was a knock. Well, then, rookie season made it pretty far. If it wasn't for... um that des,
3: my pitch. well that was that was with Tony Romo well as the quarterback when des caught it and it was 3 years later before they did um you you go you go from there and i think what it boils down to is is cowboy fans just want somebody not named Dak Prescott they want a new person to be mad at at the quarterback position cuz i honestly there's probably 20 teams in the NFL that would love to have Dak Prescott as their quarterback. There's probably 20. You know, there are 10, 12 teams that are very comfortable with what they have at quarterback right now. And I think the others would love to have the problems of having a Dak Prescott. And again, regular season isn't the issue. You look at the offensive numbers, you look at back-to-back 12-win seasons, You go from there. I I mean, it's all about what you do in the playoffs. It's all what you do in the playoffs. But go comment on James Pledger's video because it's entertaining. It's entertaining. And for the Texans and Texans fans, when you're always comparing to big brother, you always look like little brother. The Texans have something. The Texans really do. They're pointing in the right direction. And I want to give you credit for that. I want to jump on board. I want that success for the Houston Texans. And if you've listened to this show for any length of time over the fifteen years that I've been doing it here on ninety four one San Antonio Sports Star, you know that I'm a Texans fan. I like them. They're my 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 side chick, my number two team, my AFC team. That until uh you know Bill O'Brien kind of ruined it for a while, and then you know you know how bad the last couple of years were. They weren't worthy of the attention. They're back to getting that attention and enjoy it because it's a fun ride. I love what the Texans are doing in the direction that they're going. Just don't be ridiculous with this. CJ's better than Dak. He's not. Not yet. Not saying he won't be, but not yet. Not four games in. But I love the direction that he's going. It's the Blitz here on ninety-four-one at San Antonio Sports Star. Cowboys-Cardinals on a Sunday night. Rolando Cantu, former offensive lineman with the Arizona Cardinals. He's on the broadcast Sunday night on Telemundo, and he will join us next here on the Blitz on one San Antonio Sports Star. Right now, though, we've got a $50 gift card to give away to McDonald's. A- $50 gift card to McDonald's. You can win that right now if you're caller number 9, ESPN six five six three seven espn seven six. The $50 McDonald's gift card brought to you by Marvel Studios Loki Season 2. The God of Mischief is back with six new episodes on Disney Plus streaming today. So try the new McDonald's Loki meal. The new Loki meal at McDonald's that is featured in season two uh, includes James Pledger's favorite. You get a 10-piece chicken McNuggets, quarter pounder with cheese, or a Big Mac paired with medium fries, a medium soft drink with sweet and sour sauce. But not your average sweet and sour sauce. It features branding inspired uh, by the second season of Marvel Studios show uh, Loki, which you can stream uh, starting today at Disney+. Plus. That $50 gift card right now. Caller number 9-210-656-ESPN, 656-3776. 3776 San Antonio sports star Joe Reinagle on vacation. I'm Jason Menix. The game of the week of the year in the NFL, Sunday night, the Dallas Cowboys taking on the San Francisco 49ers. Let's talk about it with Rolando Cantu, who joins us now on the Byers Barricades guest line. Rolando played in the NFL, an offensive lineman for the Arizona Cardinals, and he's going to be on the broadcast Sunday night on Uh And from McAllen, Rolando, appreciate you taking the time to join us here on the Blitz in San Antonio. Hey, Jason,
6: thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, hey, Sunday Night Football is on Telemundo. What better rivalry than, than we can match up, right? The Niners are hosting the Cowboys. We know the pit's going to be lit in South Texas, man. I, I hope this game goes uh, you know, lives up to the hype that that it's supposed to be.
3: Well, I mean, you think about the the heavyweight match, the history of the two. And I know when you know, growing up, you you, you, you know, South Texas, you grew up as a as a Cowboy fan, and you played for the Cardinals. But you look at the rivalry between the Cowboys and the Forty Nine ers, and the fact that San Francisco has ended at Dallas's last two seasons in the playoffs. When you've done your interviews this week, preparing for the broadcast on Sunday night. How much of the Cowboys talked about that with you guys?
6: You know, that, that's, that's been an on, ongoing uh, conversation throughout the whole week. And they, they remember, and kind of from last week, right, the, the game that, that ended with, with uh, the, the Cowboys going back on track versus the Patriots, you kind of set the tone there with the last interview with Dak. And, you know, it, it's going to be a bra. I think it's going to go down to the trenches, man. We have, you know, you have Trent Williams on one side, Colton McKibbitts on the other side, the right and the left tackle, four. For the Niners, but then you have Micah Parsons, right and that that storyline where hey, when is the defense going to hold up and, and make sure it shuts down Brock Purdy and Brandon Ayuk and all these playmakers that that the uh, 49ers have on offense. So when it comes down to this, this te- this this matchup on Sunday Night means more than just your regular week five type of deal because you know there's playoffs implications they're both these both teams are top teams in the NFC. And I think it's gonna go down to the wire man. I think both teams are prepared this time around where they face off that they're pretty much, you know, at par. You you do have, you know, superstars like Christian McCaffrey that's gonna be able to, to, to do a lot of a lot of things, you know, in the screen game, also in the in, in the mid, in the in the middle middle of the field. But then you also have this this Dan Quinn coach defense that's tightening up, that has Van Der Esch looking like he's doing a lot better, that has Michael Parson and Lawrence just kind of Dominating the trenches. So for me, it's going to be my eyes are going to be analyzing the trenches, man. It's going to be one of those type of games, Jason.
3: Well, of course, your eyes are analyzing the trenches. You're an offensive lineman, which is the one area I, I, I have no idea. That's why I wanted to have you on as we visit with Wilando too. He'll be on the broadcast Sunday night on Telemanundo. But you played offensive line. And I, I, I say on the show all the time I, I football, the offensive line is the one area where I just I don't know if a guy's doing well unless he's helping the quarterback up because I realized at that point he was probably the one beat and gave up the sack. When you look at the Cowboys' offensive line, and by the way, today was the first day the projected five starters actually practiced today. Tyron Smith will see. But when you look at the Cowboys' offensive line with what's been in front of Dak Prescott, especially, say, in the Arizona game, did they have a good game against Arizona?
6: You know what? I think they did. The thing it was, that, you know, Arizona came out just firing off the start, and and you know there wasn't much video, much much too much tape to play off of a uh, uh, Dobbs. But once you see this offensive line roll, like you mentioned, the five starters are back in. Not to diminish the 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 work that T.J. Bass and and Hoffman and Richards and the Nugba those those four backups have done in, in this past four weeks. But once you have your core players. It, it's it's go time, man. And McCarthy knows he had a balanced game. But, um, I think the most balanced games he's had all year uh, versus the Patriots. I mean, literally 30 run plays, 31 or 32 pass plays. You have to make sure that you get these guys going fast. It starts by the center. Tyler B- Biatish has to make sure he's calling Fred Warner out, Greenlaw out, these linebackers that move from silence to silent that can be tackle machines. And you have to make sure you connect to the second level. So these blocks that we'll see on Sunday night – from uh, the running game of the Cowboys have to make sure that, you know, you, 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 you connect to the second level. Cause once that happens, there is opportunities there to run the game, to run the ball against uh, this defense for the Niners.
3: You know, and you think about the run game for Dallas and, you know, Tony Pollard now with the keys to the car as RB one, the featured back, didn't get a lot of touches last week against New England. You know, they had the big lead. They, you know, load management, whatever you want to call it. Only 11 carries for them last week. Do you think the Cowboys' offensive plan against San Francisco might be a little bit more run-heavy to keep the Niners' offense off the field?
6: It, you kind of, you're kind of forced to it, Jason, because, I mean, on that side, you have so many playmakers that touch the ball. And just, you know, Debo, George Kittle, uh, Brandon Ayuk, uh, you know, Christian McCaffrey. If you don't make sure these guys are on the sideline, you take your time and you establish the presence, the the physical presence inside before you know you start uh, you know doing your thing. And not not to diminish what also the Cowboys did last week. I mean, Dak was in there. He didn't have the best. I mean, uh, uh, yards. He had 261 yards, one touchdown, no no ints. But he did distribute the ball to eight different receivers and running backs in the air game. I think once you start opening up, you know, the laterally these defenses, especially the Niners, they get a little tired, man. They get a little winded. So that has to be a priority for Mike McCarthy and and, and Brian Schoenheimer to kind of make sure that Tony gets his reps. If Tony gets between 25 and 28 reps, I think, in the end, uh, with the back of Rico Dowell and also Deuce Vaughn doing his thing back there as RB3, you know, this run game should show up. Versus a big, big opponent.
3: Rolando Cantu uh, joining us here on the Blitz, played offensive guard uh, for the Arizona Cardinals, now uh, broadcasting Telemundo on uh, Sunday night, Cowboys and Niners. I, I got to ask you, Rolando, I mean, the Cowboy country, and you know how it goes. Um, um, Boy, I got half the people listening to right now just want to replace Dak Prescott, and they'd replace him right now with a trash can. And you got other people that believe in Dak Prescott. You played in the league. You go around with your job. You, you talk to all these quarterbacks. You watch all these different games. What, do you, what, do you, what, are you, what are your thoughts, honestly, of Dak Prescott? You can either love or hate Dak, but Dak, at the end of the year, he performs. And
6: stat-wise, he's always there, Jason. I think this year there's a lot of pressure going into the eight years, right? Uh, because this time around there's 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 a playmakers around him that I think are eager to kind of stand up and say, "Hey, I'm here." C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, Brandon Cooks, you know, all these guys want to make sure they're on point. But I think for the most part, Dak always does his job. If Dak has less pressure to kind of come back from a game, you know, with with ten points under or maybe even even two two scores under. I think he's really good of just performing and managing this offense that that's you know kind of had had to push the refresh button after what we saw uh, years back. McCarthy, you know, he, he's a longtime coach. He knows exactly what he is, what he does on the offense. I think once Dak falls into the rhythm, this this three and one team can literally, you know, you know, there's two tough teams. There's one, there's one of the Niners at Levi's, and then you have the Chargers back to back California trips. So if you get through these two. These two uh, weeks, uh, then you hit the buy. I think you'll definitely be in a good shape. I think Dak's it. Dak, Dak is, is a franchise quarterback you need for the Dallas Cowboys.
3: Well, and, and the question I have, and, you know, just to pull the curtain back, I am a fan of Dak Rolando, although Dak needs to get it done in the postseason, or in my mind, the Cowboys need to start looking for another quarterback. We've had eight years. Uh,
6: you're right. You know, it's. It, it starts with the work that the quarterback puts in, and, and you know when it has to show up in the postseason. That's when it counts. I mean, the story of Brock Traeger last year—we we saw how he took that team on his shoulders, and he gained the respect immediately. You know, he's a captain this year. The, the guy I've seen him play out at out at Perry High School in Gilbert, Arizona, since he started playing as you know, his freshman year, and and you you realize that these guys are under a lot of pressure every single year in their playing career. I think Dak. Is, I see him poised. I see him. You know, he's a veteran that he's a proven veteran, that's done his job on his side. I just think he needs a little bit more help on the offensive plan on the, on the execution side. If he gets that this year, Dak's going to be fine. I think I see the Cowboys going into the playoffs this year.
3: Rolando Cantu joining us here on the Blitz. Played for the Arizona Cardinals, now broadcasting for Telemundo. When you think about the game coming up Sunday night, is it more on Dak Prescott on the offense, or is this more on uh, Dan Quinn and that Cowboys defense? to contain all the weapons that San Francisco has.
6: Yeah, it's going to be a tough one. I, I think uh, Dan Quinn has to come up with a perfect game plan. You know, you have to, at some point, you know, either have a great tackle for a loss, even, you know, get a fumble out there uh, and try and go after this young quarterback. The end of the day, he's a young quarterback, right? And you have one of the best edge rushers there is in Michael Parsons. I think if this guy, you know, he's going to go against the best. That's just bottom line. And then they're going to try and, and 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 really defend them. Maybe even put a little bit more help on whatever side he lines up, and don't don't even think about even having like maybe a running back a chip block down there and and making sure he's slowed down. But once he measures your punch uh, off of, of a kick slide off of the pass protection, I mean it's on. I think Parson if he gets he gets on early, he'll definitely make sure this defense shows up. I mean I, I like what they have on defense. Obviously things going on is, is a big loss, but you know ha- having veterans like Malik Hooker you know, Jaron J- Curse out there in the in safety positions, y- you think that these guys are are, are ready and, and, you know, ready for this challenge, right? Then you have, uh, in the mid- mid-level, you have Lion Esch who looks more fresh because everybody's kind of going towards the pass protection where Mike is at. And then on the, on the riverside, you have Dem- DeMarcus Lawrence who's actually doing having a great season. So these guys know what the task is in front. I think if they get on early, they start pressuring Brock and get him off his spot, make sure he's, he's thrown into, into traffic. I think the, the Cowboys' the defense has a shot.
3: What makes Brock Purdy so unique, or is it a matter of he's really good, but there wasn't a lot of tape? And as more and more teams get film on him, they'll figure out better ways or different ways to defend him, or is that just byproduct of being in Kyle Shanahan's offense, which is just always seemingly a step ahead?
6: I'll tell you something, Jason. Every time I see Brock uh, buying himself time, extend the pocket, kind of roll out, he looks so natural, man. He's a natural competitor. He's a natural quarterback. And, and that goes down to what, what he played in Iowa State. I mean, this guy played a lot of games in college. So once he came in as Mr. Irreli, it was like, okay, another quarterback. Maybe he'll, maybe he'll make the product to squad. Maybe we'll keep him around for a couple of, of, of weeks, active or not. Uh, but then he you, you put on the tape and, and Brock, I mean, he 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 gets it, man. You you can see him take command of an offense. You can see him spread the ball out. And yes, he manages under Kyle Shanahan. But whenever you see a throw that that wows you, it's okay. This guy's got it. That's why you know uh, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan have saved, saved practically, practically their jobs because let's not forget the the the, the Trey Lance trade. I mean, you gave out three picks for him, right? And, and then all of a sudden he's on he's on the Cowboys side now. But then Brock's the hero. So. There is a lot of confidence in Brock. I've seen him play since the high school days. I knew this guy. Once he got on the field, he was going to do. He was going to do his job. And that's what he's doing. He's doing his job slowly but surely, gaining respect and confidence every week. I see it in the throws. I see it in his progressions. I see his, his vision every single week. And uh, don't get me wrong. I don't like to talk about a lot about Brock Purdy because they're in the same division as my Cardinals. But yeah, that last week was was a tough one for, for, for our cards base
3: out there. Yeah, well, I mean, and you look at it. What what I find interesting, Rolando, I mean, you went to McAllen, you decided a uh, couple of years playing for the Cardinals, you're just going to stay living out there in Phoenix. And I said, my kid, uh, my daughter's in Phoenix. She's in grad school okay. at Arizona State. Um, the breakfast tacos are still better in Texas, man.
6: Oh, I, I can't disagree with you there, Jason. You got me <laughs> on that one, Bob. You got me on that one.
3: Uh, Is the breakfast burrito thing. I've just never really quite... Understood. That's just, I don't know. Good stuff. Yeah, it, it, it's more of a Sonora type of California
6: deal. Uh, I'm all about the, the breakfast tacos in, in Texas, man. Flour tortilla, you know, can't go wrong with, with one of those homemade tortillas. And, and whatever you want to put in it, I'm good with it.
3: There you go. Rolando Cantua, uh, always appreciate the time. Have fun on the call Sunday night on Telemanundo. Appreciate you joining us this afternoon. Thank you, Jason. Appreciate it. Rolando uh, can too on the Buyers Barricades guest line, where they provide traffic control, rental, and sales for San Antonio and beyond uh, online at buyersbarricades.com. You know, it is an interesting question when you think about the game coming up on Sunday. And I know it, it's easy to say Dak Prescott has to play well, and he does. But in your mind, is it on this Cowboys offense, or is more of this going to be – on Dan Quinn and that Cowboys defense. And I'll tell you now, I think it's more on Dan Quinn and the defense. You know, hearing Rolando, who apparently watched, you know, Brock Purdy play a lot while he was in high school, the Cowboys are great at getting pressure on a quarterback. The problem is Brock Purdy so far has been great when facing a lot of pressure. He's able to move in the pocket. He's able to keep plays alive, and his receivers are just so good. And he torches man coverage which is what Dallas typically likes to run, is man coverage. So I, I think this game, quite honestly, it comes down to this Cowboys defense. Are they able to get some good stops? What are they able to do uh, against Brock Purdy? And, and if they bring the pressure, are they going to be able to get there? The Cowboys pass rush, 66 pressures, most in the NFL. 49% pressure percentage, highest in the NFL. 61% pass rush win rate, highest in the NFL. Yet Brock Purdy is still really good and um, uh, against the pressure. He's, he's right up there when it comes to uh, avoiding the pressure, handling the pressure, and I think part of the Kyle Shanahan offense, the check down to the running back. You know, and you're checking down to Christian McCaffrey. Uh, It's funny when you think about Dak Prescott checks down to Tony Pollard, which is a part of the West Coast Kyle offense, and people think that that Dak is bailing on the play. That's a part of the offense. And Brock Purdy is good at it, and he's dumping it off to Christian McCaffrey, checking out of that. You know, Debo Samuel hasn't even had a Debo Samuel-like year yet four weeks in. Trust me, he's on my fantasy football team. Uh, I, I get it. There are a lot of weapons there. Not that I'm trying to not put pressure on Dak Prescott because Dak has to play well in this game, has to. San Francisco has scored over 30 points in every game they have played this year. The Cowboys have to limit that, keep them under 30. And obviously offensively, the Dallas Cowboys are going to have to, I don't know, not turn the ball over Dak, which he's been good at this year. Only one, one turnover. Only one through four games. And I know everybody's going to talk about the one, but still, for a guy that led the league in interceptions last year, quarter away into this season, he's only had one. Right? He only played in, what, 12 games last year. Right? Was it 12? Right? So even percentage of game-wise, higher than the 25%, because, you know, math is hard with 17 games. You can't go a true quarter. But Dak has had a really good year to this point this year, despite what your friends might say, but at the same time, I look at Dak Prescott. He's got to play well in this game, but I think this game comes down more to what that Dallas Cowboys defense is looking like. Because I saw what Arizona did to Dallas's defense. They ran the ball well on them. Yards after catch, yards after contact, and all three of those things is what San Francisco thrives in. The Dallas Cowboys have to make tackles immediately. They've got to get sacks. And if they can get a takeaway or two, and, and last week you saw Deron Bland come up with a couple of interceptions. You know, they come in bunches, and Dan Quinn has kind of been that guy since he's been in Dallas of his defenses getting takeaways. You're starting to see those starting to come. They do come in bunches. To me, it's more about the Cowboys' defense on Sunday night. A lot of pressure on Dak. I'm not letting that dude off the hook. Don't don't get me wrong, but I do think this is more on the Cowboys' defense. It is the Blitz here on ninety four one, San Antonio Sports Star, your home of the Cowboys again. Cowboys Niners Sunday night. Here on 94. one, uh, Brad Sham and the crew will have the call Sunday night uh, because it's Sunday night football. Pregame gets going at 6 o'clock. Kickoff just after 7. Presented by A.A. Best Bail Bonds, Mother's Window Tent, Woods Comfort Systems, Ewald Kubota, and the Law Office of uh, Jesse Hernandez. Prime time on Sunday night, the game of the week in the NFL. Well, maybe the regular season game of the year. We'll get more into that. We'll go behind enemy territory. 3.30, Larry Kruger from 95.7, the game in San Francisco, will join us here on the Blitz. Coming up next, though, in the headline Blitz, pretty good and ideal for those Utah football players. How's that not going to blow up in their face? We'll talk about it coming up here on the Blitz. Joe Reinagle.
1: The third time in seven seasons. The San
0: Antonio Spurs are the NBA
3: champions. Jason minutes They go back to big day as Super Bowl champions. Dallas 52, Buffalo
2: 17.
0: It's the Blitz on 94 1 San Antonio Sports Star.
3: It is the Blitz here on 94 1 San Antonio Sports Star. Joe Reinagle on vacation. I'm Jason Minnick's. Glad to have you along here on a Thursday afternoon. You're welcome. Got my car washed yesterday. Got a little rain today. You're welcome. We all needed the rain. Glad to help out and do my part. What it boils down to. Quite frankly, I didn't expect the rain that we had. I I don't wake up early enough, but apparently, according to my wife, it was hell getting to work today with the traffic. Over an hour. Everything shut down. And when I was driving to work, I saw some areas... You know, 1604, where the construction is, they put those cement blocks there. That creates flooding. Um, You know, big puddles. And, you know, it's the highway. I don't don't know. Good stuff. But we needed to rain. Cooler temperatures, I appreciate. And I know uh, know, every year we get this uh, little cold front, and 87 people are going to post, it's false fall. And that's what it is. We're we're not really there yet, but we're kind of there. We got some rain. We got some cooler temperatures, which is fantastic. We need that. Almost half zip season. Not quite yet, but almost half zip season, which I'm ready to get into. Mainly because I wear all my concert shirts underneath a half zip. You know, I always tend to wear a collar shirt to work, especially if there's something going on, Um, not just a T-shirt. So half concert shirt, half zip. And uh, off you go. I like that. Um, Lots to get into today. Cowboys Niners. It's the story. It, It really is, is it not? Right? It's the biggest game in the NFL. Now, I know every Cowboy game is big. And every show out there spends hours and hours and hours talking about the Dallas Cowboys. And it's weird to say five weeks in, there's a game that has a playoff feel to it. But this one does. This one really, really does. Coming up at 3.30, Larry Kruger will join us. He works at uh, ninety five seven, the game in San Francisco. And, you know, looking at time differences, because, you know, they're two hours behind... Uh, it, it, he might even be in the San Francisco locker room or at least on their uh, facility grounds uh, when he joins us here. Um, so it'd be good. I mean, he covers the uh, 49ers uh, for, for 95 7 the game. So going a little bit behind the uh, enemy lines, if you will. It's good stuff. But right now, though, as we do uh, every day at 3.05, we call it the Headline Blitz. This is
0: Jason and Joe's Headline Blitz. Two guys. Two opinions, never enough time.
3: Yeah, let's start with a, a story that was kind of floating around about this time yesterday. Although it was on Twitter, we didn't have a lot of details yet. They, they came a little bit later on in the day. But Utah has one of the more interesting NIL deals in the history, the long history of the NIL, right? And I just look at this and I don't see how this really ends well. I I really don't, although really cool, maybe, but the collective for the Utah Utes are getting brand new Ram 1500 Bighorn trucks for all 85 of their scholarship football players. Every scholarship football player is getting a truck, but there's a catch because of course there is. Now, each one of these trucks, according to uh, um, all these articles, uh, valued at 61000 So it's one of the more lucrative arrangements in the NIL era, right? Um, so funded by collective donations, the trucks are leased to each player as part of an individual six-month contract that do roll over contingent on a player's eligibility and enrollment at the university. So it's not like you get a truck and they could transfer out. If you transfer out, you got to turn in your keys. If you don't get it done in the classroom and you're not eligible, you're done. When you graduate, you don't get to keep the thing. So every six months you get a car and insurance on each truck. The collective is taking care of everybody's insurance. Although every truck apparently is wrapped with the name of their collective, which is for the win FTW 360 Utah. And there's got like a play design. So I don't guess you get to pick out your color. Um it's it's gonna look like fleet vehicles, right? Name a big company and they all have the same it's like the post office. You drive by the football facility and it's gonna look like a bunch of mail trucks out there. They're all gonna look the same. I don't know how they're gonna figure out whose is who. Beep beep, beep beep. That's that that's what you're gonna have to do. Um I think this is great. Uh, not all of them are dead are, or are, are not every player has theirs yet because the dealership has ordered over uh, 100 trucks and they're being driven in. Apparently, there's a auto worker strike going on. So they're trying to get all this done while all this is happening because it's not like the dealership had 100 trucks ready to go sitting out there. Um, individual six-month leases. So does that mean... In six months, kid that graduates, you're getting a used truck? Um, I I don't know. I mean, it's bizarre. It's interesting. I just don't know how this ultimately ends well. Uh, I can't imagine the, the nightmare of dealing with the insurance on 85 trucks for a collective with a bunch of dudes that are 18 to 22. Now, any of you that has a son out there and you're paying their car insurance and they're not yet 26, imagine what that insurance is like. I had a daughter, and supposedly that makes a little bit better. I think about Rob Thompson and some of the horrific stories I've heard when he has to shop insurance when he's got two boys that are in that. Imagine 85 of them. But if you're the kid, man, that's awesome. And you wonder when it's time to transfer Yo, know, all right, well, Mr. Other University, all right, you're going to give me X, how much money, how much? What about a truck? Because I've, I've, I've got a truck right now with Utah. I don't want to lose my truck. You know, it's like a company car. It, and that's kind of, I guess, how if you're Utah, the collective, you're looking at it. It's like having a company car. And when you no longer work for the company, you got to turn in your keys. I'm wondering if some other kids are going to work deals to get uh, gas cards and have a completely free ride. And I'm sure there's somebody that will do that. You got you see where I went there, Pledge? Yeah. This collective, man, the, the NIL stuff, all 85 get a vehicle and their insurance taken care of. Mm. Joel Embiid says he will play for Team USA, the Olympics 2024 in Paris. Pop found out today from the media.
6: The stronger the team, the better. You know, international competition is tough. I didn't know that because he decided to play with USA. Yeah, that's that's great for us.
3: That is great for us. And, and again, Team USA, Paris, it, it's good stuff there. Um, all the wild card series, they all swept. Yeah. Uh, uh, Rangers, Twins, Diamondbacks, Phillies, all of them moving on. So the best of five uh, division series are all set. All the game ones are on Saturday. Houston at home hosting Minnesota. Furlander gets the game one start. Texas will be in Baltimore on the NL side. Arizona at the L.A. Dodgers. Phillies at the Atlanta Braves. Texas OU. Alabama at AM. What a weekend. What a Saturday for college football. Then you've got both the Rangers and Astros playing. It's going to be a fantastic day. We'll dive into that next on the Blitz here on ninety four one San Antonio Sports Star.
6: Friday on Rr in the morning coach Mike McCarthy joins us at 6:45 followed up by RJ Ochoa blogging the boys at 7:30 it's Red River it's Bama Aggies and it's Cowboys Niners oh my gosh what a Friday don't miss out now back to the blitz Jason what is that going to do against that zone heavy San Francisco defense? I know you're worried. You've seen the numbers.
3: You know, the numbers are what they are. But in Mike McCarthy's new offense, Rudy J, he's going to check it down to Tony Pollard for 28. And I'm good with that. It is the Blitz here on 94 1. San Antonio sports star Joe Reinagle has the day off. I'm Jason Lennox. We'll talk more Cowboys Niners coming up uh, just after three thirty. Larry Kruger from ninety five seven, the game in San Francisco, will join us. Go behind enemy lines, if you will. Is San Francisco talking about this game the way Cowboy fans are talking about this game? Again, Larry joins us coming up in uh, I don't know about fifteen minutes or so. And he talk about all these games, big games. Everybody's talking about. Three teams from the state of Texas. Obviously, Cowboys, Niners. You've got Alabama, A and M. We'll get into that. Texas, OU. And honestly, when I looked, uh, when I saw the rain this morning, you know, my first thought was, all right. Well, high school football Friday night. What's the weather going to be? Warren Brennan, our game of the week here on ninety four one, energized by Hill Electric and Frost Bank. Weather should be fine tomorrow night. What about Dallas? How, how's the weather looking in Dallas for the Cotton Bowl? You know, I'm not worried about those going to the state fair. They're, they'll be fine. Uh, what about the football game? Weather in Dallas looks spectacular Saturday. According to my phone, low of 55, high of 71, and sunny. I like that. I like that. Because Sark has to wear shades. You know, I, I mean, I don't know. He probably would wear the sunglasses even if it was raining outside. But he's going to wear shades. Uh, and, I, and I tell you what. He's got the coach speak down as he gets ready for another Red River rivalry.
4: They're a really good team. Uh, they got quality players. they got good coaches. We know it's going to be a heck of an environment for college football, and it should be, um, should be a, a spotlight uh, on that game and all of college football
2: Saturday at the Cotton Bowl. So we're looking forward to it. We know uh, it's going to take a, a real week of preparation, you know, mentally, physically, and emotionally, uh, to put ourselves
4: in position to perform. Yeah, I,
3: I just look at this game. Texas is the better team. Oklahoma is not a pushover. And Gabriel didn't play last year. Cowboys, uh, Cowboys, Longhorn, you know, in my mind is that Longhorn's curb stomped him, right? That's not going to be the case this year. Texas, I want to see a fast start. You know, and and it's weird because you look at teams and fast starts and what that means. You know, Longhorns, Sooners at 11, and then at 230, You've got Alabama against Texas A&M. And Alabama and Texas A&M, you know, CBS right here on one at San Antonio Sports Star. But the Aggies are a fast-starting football team. The Aggies have scored on each of its first two offensive drives in all five games this year. That matches the longest streak by an FBS team over the past 20 years. I mean, to score on your first two drives... I didn't realize it was that rare, but it's that rare. I mean, the last team to score on their first five drives or the first two drives in their first five games was BYU in 2020. Like, you, you look at some of the, the, the numbers that come out, and I know A&M is getting off to fast starts, and that's and obviously helping them tremendously. Are they going to be able to score on their first two drives on a Saturday afternoon in College Station, where the weather's going to be just fine as well? That becomes the question. Because I know a lot of us think Alabama's not as good this year. And I think that's exactly what Nick Saban wants you to think. I know Texas beat them. And just because Texas beat them does not mean Alabama's not as good this year. Texas is that good. Alabama is good this year. I mean, you look at 363 yards a, of offense a game. Um, you look at what they're scoring. You look at what their defense is doing. You know, for Bobby Petrino in that Aggie offense this weekend, scoring on, on the first two drives, that that's going to be important. You want to you wanna score every time you get the ball. Not to sound cliche, but they can't waste possessions against Alabama. And the loss to Texas, the wake-up call that I think Nick Saban was looking for, benched his quarterback, then went back to him because he wasn't getting good quarterback play. And they're still not getting great quarterback play, but it's improved. But Alabama still defensively is, is, is what you're looking at. a um, and defense has been great. Uh, I, I really liked what a and did against Arkansas. On Saturday, which gives me a lot of confidence for the Aggies this weekend against Alabama, because if we would have watched A&M just get out physical and out uh, manhandled and beat up by Arkansas and then the turn around and have to play Alabama, I'd say, man, there's, just, you know, no, but we didn't see that. We saw Alabama take it to Arkansas. We are A&M take it to Arkansas. And so this weekend against Alabama, I think they're ready. And, and you know another weird stat? Jimbo Fisher has a chance to become the first Nick Saban assistant to beat him twice. Kirby doesn't play him enough to have multiple wins. I just thought that was kind of an odd stat. Now, only Gus Malzahn, Dabo, and Hugh Freeze actually have multiple wins over Nick Saban but Jimbo could be the first of his assistant coaches to get two wins over Nick Saban. The question you really have, and watching Nick Saban on the Pat McAfee show earlier today, I had it on in the office, and Nick Saban is one of those guys, right? Um, Takes shots at the media all the time you know, the rap poison, all the different kind of comments. Yet he doesn't turn down many national interview requests. He'll turn down local ones. But if he can get on a national show, he's going to take it every time, seemingly every time. And I guess he's got a weekly with Pat McAfee, which getting the schedule there uh, and on his schedule every week with McAfee. But again, I mean, it's all recruiting for Nick Saban. But he kind of sidestepped it a little bit with with McAfee today. But you know, their last trip to College Station, you know, they were damn near three touchdown favorites and lost in overtime to so the quarterback that's now at UIW putting up big numbers. And now I know UIW plays Saturday, but it's another game they should win by fifty. Um, I, I look at 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 Nick Saban, and will he lose? Twice in the same stadium. I mean, my Aggie friends, very nervous about this Saturday. Very nervous about this Saturday, as they should be. But not the typical. It, it's almost like, man, I, I, I want to believe, but until I see it, I can't believe. I want to believe it, but until I see it, it's going to be such a great Saturday at college football. I mean, what do we, we got so many good matchups. A handful of top 25 matchups, and then other teams like A&M still not ranked, which they should be. A&M should be ranked. The way they have played this year, what they have done, what they've done so far in the SEC, uh, I look at them and go, how are they not ranked? Um, can they get the tackle for losses? They've been good at that this year. They've been good at putting teams in second and long and third and long. And if they can do that to that Milrose guy, they'll have a great opportunity because that's how you beat this Alabama team. That guy will complete some passes, but he's not going to beat you with his arm. So if you make it to where he's got third and longs, A&M's defense is good enough to get off the field. And I love the way Max Johnson played last week against Arkansas. That offense is going to be able to move the ball on Alabama's defense it's heavyweight fights everywhere i mean you think about it this weekend texas ou a&m alabama and then sunday night san francisco and dallas monday is going to be one of those days where you know i mean we're all uh, everybody's either going to be smiling and happy and trying to figure out my hat shirt combination or pissed off at the world and, and call in sick uh, kind, kind of thing. It, it feels like it could be one of those kind of days. Don't forget, we are your home for A&M football. One thirty pregame show with Andrew Monaco. Kick at 2.30. Aggie football on 94. one. San Antonio Sports Star presented by Ewald Kubota. Just Potts, ABC Home and Commercial Services, and the Angry Elephant at 281 and Redland Road. Let's talk about... The Cowboys and Niners next. Larry Kruger from 95 7, the game in San Francisco, will join us here on The Blitz.
0: Joe Reinagle, Jason Minnicks, The Blitz on 94 1, San Antonio Sports Star.
3: It is The Blitz here on 94 1, San Antonio Sports Star. Joe Reinagle has the day off. He'll be back on Monday in time to talk about. Cowboys Niners. I'm Jason Minnix. We'll always talk about it with you at 210-656-ESPN 656-3776 on Twitter X at Jason Minix. Tweet the station at S.A. Sports Star. Of course, you can listen to Sunday night's Cowboys Niners game right here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Pre-game gets going at 6. Presented by A.A. Best Bail Bonds. Mother's Window Tent. Woods Comfort Systems, Ewald Kubota, and the law office of Jesse Hernandez. And good news for the Dallas Cowboys as they get ready for the game on Sunday night. The projected starting offensive line all year finally is practiced together. Seems like they all might be able to go on Sunday night out in San Francisco with Tyron Smith at left tackle, Tyler Smith at left guard, Tyler Biotish at center, Zach Martin at right guard and Terrence Steele at right tackle. Um, that would be awesome for this Dallas Cowboys offense as they get ready for a game that even Mike McCarthy says is not just another regular season game.
6: Um, I think it's like anything; you always want to be in balance. You know, I mean, it's obviously
5: it's an important game. You know, you understand the history, um, and there's obviously a lot of tradition uh, with this with this. With this game, so I mean, it's all part of it. Uh, you live, you live, you know, you live to the play these kind of games. Uh, you dream about <laughs> these kind of games. So, you don't want to make it bigger than it is. Uh, but you know, it's it's just not. A, it's just you know, the
3: reality is, it's
5: not just another
3: game. Just not another game. Cowboys Niners. Let's let's talk about it. Larry Kruger from ninety five seven. The game in at San Francisco. Joining us now on the Buyers Barricades guest line. You know how we're talking about it down here. What's the talk? The pregame buzz about this game up there in the Bay Area?
2: Well, a lot of people are very excited. Um, a lot of people feel like this will be a true litmus test for the Forty ers Um, the Niners have not had the most difficult schedule to start the year. And I think there are people that nationally and locally uh, will believe in them, you know, much more significantly if they win this game and, even more than that if they win it impressively
3: well and, and you look at san francisco and you you know you can only play who's in front of you right i mean although the the cowboys at three and one have looked really good in three of those games and then they somehow lost arizona arizona played well last week against san francisco but final score was 35 16 and san francisco has scored over 30 in every game this year
2: right and it you know it's um it's really been something to watch we've the last two weeks have been really different, too. I mean, two weeks ago, the Giants blitzed Brock Purdy 85% of his dropbacks, and he threw for 300 yards. This week, the Cardinals dropped guys into coverage and made him be accurate, and he completed 20 of 21. So, um, it's, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not sure what Dallas's plan is going to be defensively, but I'll tell you what it what does stand out is that the Cowboys have seven different players on their front line that have at least six pressures or more. So it's not just Micah Parsons. It's Micah, it's Lawrence, it's Osa, it's, you know, there's there's a bunch of guys here that um, all can get the job done. So it's going to be a huge task for the 9-0 line to block.
3: You know, Larry, as, as you think about the game and the pressure, and that's one of the questions, because you know Dan Quinn loves to bring the pressure, and the Cowboys have the guys to do it, and if you double or triple Micah, that's going to just be a free lane for, for somebody else that can get to the quarterback. But Brock Purdy has been so good at, against pressure. Why is that? Because he's exceptionally smart. He's really detailed in his
2: preparation. He watches cut-up film extensively. And he knows where he needs to go. He's a great anticipatory thrower. Um, He processes the – it all begins, though, Jason, with his ability to process. This guy can process what he sees at the line of scrimmage because he's played a lot of football.
3: You know, and it's crazy because people think about a rookie, but he had all those years at Iowa State. And, you know, I kind of think about, like, Tim Duncan coming out, spending all those years at Wake Forest, came in ready to go, and guys that are in, and two years, one year in – into the league they go, and they're still learning the job. I, I think Brock Purdy is ahead of the game because of that, and then of course Kyle Shanahan is is just a whiz, a wizard with what he's been able to do with some of the quarterbacks that he has had.
2: Yeah, I mean, and then and then you mix in the, you know, I think another factor has to be mentioned here is that this summer, uh, Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, and Brandon Ayuk all showed up in optimal physical shape, looking like they're primed for career years. Ayuk, I, I think, is the guy that I would point to. That he He's caught every ball they've thrown at him in the first month of the year. And I'm not, that's not like just a saying or hyperbole. He's literally caught every single ball. And he, um, you know, he was a guy like that in summer. I mean, he his catch radius is monstrous. He's a 5'11", Six foot player, six one maybe player, but he plays like a six six player because he skies for the ball in the air. He'll, you know, he'll go, he'll pick it off the turf. His catch radius is massive.
3: Larry Kruger from 95 7 The Game in San Francisco joining us here on The Blitz. Debo Samuel, I don't want to say he's been a, a non-factor, but he's certainly been quiet. Um, he's on my fantasy team. Trust me, I, I need him to... What, what What are they doing, or or, or is, is something going on with, with Debo, or is it just the offense isn't going there because Iuke is is done really well, and obviously McCaffrey's just been unstoppable?
2: Well, I think you hit on it there with McCaffrey. I mean, I don't want to say they're redundant parts, but a lot of the things that that Debo can do that are unique, McCaffrey is now doing in his place. They've used McCaffrey a ton. I mean, he's almost 40% of their offensive touches are going to McCaffrey. But a lot of it has to do with the fact that Debo's just been a little dinged up. He um, landed on the ball um, and bruised his ribs in a game and then he had a bad bone bruise on his kneecap from banging it in the first quarter on this giant sideline. And I think Just because they have so many weapons, they've just gone away from him to use him as a decoy a little bit the last couple weeks to try to freshen him up for for this game. But I would expect him to, to be firing at all cylinders Sunday night.
3: When you think about the Sunday night game from a defensive side for San Francisco, looks like the Cowboys, for the first time this year, will have all five of their projected starting offensive linemen at the same time, which we haven't seen in a long time, and certainly not yet this year. What's the key, do you think, in stopping this Dallas offense or slowing them down?
2: Well, yeah, I mean, they're a little less explosive this year because they're throwing the ball short. They're they're a little bit more difficult to stop. I think one thing you're going to see Dallas do in this game is they're going to take – CD Lamb and put him in the slot and try to get him get better matchups for him. I think the key for the 49ers really is on the offensive side of the ball is to not have huge negative plays. Dallas has benefited greatly from short fields and if the 49ers don't have that huge negative play, um, they don't turn it over keeping their own territory which Furby's been good at. I think that's going to be the key more than anything. Stopping Pollard is object number one, but um, obviously, you know, CeeDee Lamb's a major problem as well.
3: What are your thoughts on Dak Prescott? I think
2: Prescott's a good quarterback. He's athletic. I know he's had a major injury. Um, I think the offense is a little less dynamic by design this year, but I think Dak's a winner. I think he, you know, I liked him at Mississippi State. Um, he was a steal in the draft. You know, he's had some crushing injuries, but I I like him. I I think he needs play action. I think he needs a solid run game. You know, I don't know that he can lift up the entire organization by himself. I think he needs some help, but uh, he's got plenty of help with this defense and this O-line and these weapons. To me, it's all all about can Dak play a cleaner, more mistake-free game than Brock Purdy. I think that's really one of the key factors. I think it's going to be difficult to do because Purdy's playing really clean
3: football right now. Yeah, I know. I was I was asking earlier uh, here on my show, um, is, do you think this, this, for the Cowboys to go into San Francisco and get a win, is it more on Dak or is it more on the Cowboys' defense? And quite honestly, uh, not trying to cover up for Dak, but... I think this Cowboys defense has to play at an extremely high level, tackle because San Francisco's good, so good after the catch, breaking tackles and in yak yardage, and and you know Purdy's so good under pressure. Can they get to him and maybe make him make a mistake, throw an interception or two?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it. I think what you're going to see from Dan Quinn is you know this is going to be the the game within the game is going to be incredible. Dan Quinn and Kyle Shanahan know each other well from Atlanta. Kyle's going to dial up all kinds of extra wrinkles. But I also think Dan Quinn's going to have some, you know, we'll show you one look pre-snap and rotate into a different look after the snap to try to take advantage of the fact that Purdy is a good processor and likes to throw the ball in the middle of the field. I think you may see some robber uh, situations where they – you know, they, they've they got a guy kind of lurking in the middle of the field, and I think they're going to try to hurry up Gertie and try to fool him into a couple of mistakes. But I think it's really about Dallas's ability to stop the run. Arizona ran for seven a carry with Connor, and um, I, I just think if the 49ers can run the ball at Dallas, I think they can dominate the time of possession and keep their keep their defense on the sideline. And I think it, that's probably the ticket to victory for the Niners. I think Dallas has to show that they can at least slow the Niner run or they got no shot in this game.
3: Yeah, And then stopping the run is the big part. Where's the weakness on this 49ers team? What's the biggest weakness?
2: Well, one weakness is that Colton McKivitz has struggled in pass protection, and now he gets Micah Parsons most likely. Um, another weakness sometimes can be, you know, um, if Kyle Shanahan will call seven-step props against a high-pressure team like Dallas, that could be a real problem. Uh, the right side of the 49er offensive line is still coming together. There's some young players. There's some inexperience there. Um, and then I would say the 49ers have some depth issue at corner. Um, and if you go to four wides or try to you know, make them play their backup corners – to me, the, the real weakness of the Niners is the backup corners and the backup defensive ends. They don't put a lot of rush. It's Bosa and Drake Jackson up front, but then it's Terry Heider um, and and, and Cleveland Farrell behind those guys, and their backup D ends are not getting pressures.
3: Larry Kruger, 95-7 the game in San Francisco. We started the conversation by saying, you know, from the San Francisco perspective, a – a true test after pittsburgh the rams the giants and the cardinals uh and again that's the schedule the way it's laid out san francisco ending dallas's last two seasons in the playoffs and i've said a couple times i mean i'll trade a january win over san francisco and as opposed to an october win but this game at least here has a playoff feel to it are you getting that sense up there when you're in the locker room talking to the 49er players
2: Absolutely, they know this is a big one. They know they, they want to send a message. You know, um, it's it's national TV. They want to send a message. I think they they feel like they can run on Dallas, and Dallas can't run on them. Um, there's a lot of confidence. I mean, there's a, the Niners feel like they match up well with Dallas, and um, they're they're confident. Um, we'll see if they're overconfident Sunday night.
3: Is it, I just appreciate Mike McCarthy saying this week, we know it's not just another game. Because you know how coaches are players, you get some of the cliche, it's just another one on the schedule, it doesn't make or break. you know. But but yeah, this one does have a different feel. I'm glad to hear it's that way there in San Francisco as well.
2: Yeah, well, they know. I mean, you know, the NFC is, is Niners, Cowboys, Eagles, in whatever order you want to cut them. Um, but that's it. Maybe Detroit. Um, I think everybody need not apply. So, you know, I mean, it's just, they know this is, you know, Dallas is one of the big boys. The key for the 49ers is really life. They got to run the ball and they got to stay within arm's distance, um, on the scoreboard and they got to stay ahead of the chains. Dallas is a bully team, they're a dominant team on third down. And if you, if you get the third and short and you convert all day and dominate the time of possession, you beat them. And if you get the third and long and they're pinning their ears back and hunting quarterbacks, they beat you. So, um, to me, it's all about what, what do they, what do the Niners get done on first and second down? Can they avoid huge negative plays? Can they run it on Dallas?
3: That's the question. Larry Kruger, 95 7, the game in San Francisco. Always appreciate the time. Enjoy the game on Sunday night. Yeah, exactly. Appreciate it. Larry Kruger from 95 7, the game uh, in San Francisco. And, and you, you kind of hear him. You heard from Larry. I like the fact that San Francisco is looking at this the same way. The Cowboys are looking at this. It is a big game. Two one zero six five six ESPN six five six three seven seven six. What did you think? I, I mean, you hear him. You know, you kind of go behind uh, enemy territory. We know San Francisco is going to want to run the ball on Dallas, and that's one area with Dallas's defense that you know you you, you can run on the, the the Cowboys defense. Can they tackle well? Can they stop the run? And look until the Cowboys start scoring touchdowns in the red zone. Red Zone offense is going to um be a conversation uh you're not going to be able to kick field goals and win at San Francisco. You're just not, but San francisco does i don't want to say need a good statement win, but when you think about the Steelers and they dominate them thirty to seven, and we all thought that first game, man Pittsburgh's supposed to be better this year, uh, that game doesn't look near as impressive Rams. That's a solid win, 30 to 23. That's the only close game they've really been in. You know, the Giants game last week against Arizona, the Cardinals played well against San Francisco, but you know, 35-16 was the final score. And you know these teams, everybody's had this game circled since the schedule came out. Dallas for obvious reasons, San Francisco, I wondered if they were feeling the same way because They've, they've won the last couple of matchups in the playoffs when it matters most. So in my mind, if you're San Francisco, you feel like, all right, we've got their number, and they do match up well against the Cowboys. And Christian McCaffrey is Christian McCaffrey, although last year in the playoffs, the Cowboys kind of kept him in check. He didn't have that dominating game that you expect out of CMC. Can the Cowboys do that again? Can the Cowboys get pressure on Brock Purdy, who was so good, facing pressure and hearing Larry talk about his decision-making at the line of scrimmage, how he is able to process the different things that he is able to do. And in that offense, a lot of quick throws, which is what Dallas is doing now offensively. Dak Prescott and this new offense with Mike McCarthy, some of the changes that they have made, shorter passes, quicker reads. Dump down to uh, to the running back, which isn't a bailout because you get Tony Pollard the ball in space, which is what we want. Tony Pollard, I think, is going to be the key for the Cowboys on Sunday night. And if you do have all five offensive linemen able to play, and if you're if you're Mike McCarthy, maybe this is why you've been resting Tyron Smith. He's been close. He's been close. He's been ready. Remember against Arizona, dude was on the sidelines dressed if if needed. Then they never went to him. Do everything you can to make sure he is healthy to go against Bosa on Sunday night against San Francisco. It makes, makes you wonder if that's what, what, you know, could he have gone, but let's save him kind of situation. What do you guys think? 210 656 ESPN. Six five six three seven at 7-6. Seven, Ray, you're on the blitz. What's up, man?
7: Man, I really think this is going to be a prove-it game. The same way that you said all five offensive linemen are back, we really haven't seen Dak Prescott being allowed to make decisions. You know, we've seen a lot of throws that are predetermined. So I think in this game, if they, get, if they get back and you have all five offensive linemen, you're going to open up that playbook a little bit and you're going to let Dak make a decision. Now, one of two things I think is going to come out of it, Dak is going to prove that he can really handle himself, and he's going to, you know, shut up a lot of doubters out there. Or on the other hand, he's going to prove a lot of doubters right, and he's going to ma- start making mistakes because he has this in the back of his mind that you know
6: interceptions
3: are such. A- you know, huh, your phone crapped out in the middle of that. I, I mean, Dak you, Prescott
6: with the San Francisco
3: defense. Well, and, and that's it. I mean, you look at Dak, and I I don't know if the Cowboys have taken decision making away from him. I mean, if you're watching all the games. But they've had so many weird games this year that it's hard to say. I mean, we're a quarter into the season. The only game that they've trailed in was the one they lost. Dak wasn't great in that game, but he wasn't awful. He made some big throws. They didn't score in the red zone. And then when they were in the red zone, he threw that stupid interception. And that interception was stupid. I still have no idea what he was looking at. Um, But you look, he's completing 71% of his passes this year. Yo, I I mean, the four touchdowns, one interception. I mean, you know, he's not having a bad year, but this would go a long way, I think, for a lot of people if Dak Prescott went in and balled out on Sunday. Although, like I've said before, Dak Prescott has become religion and politics. No matter what you think of the guy, no matter what he does, you're not going to change your mind on him if you're already out on Dak. Hey, Gary, you're on the blitz. What's up, man?
1: Hey, you know, uh, I went and watched a replay of uh, that 49ers-Rams game on YouTube. All right. Man, I'm going to tell you something. The middle, the Rams were getting pretty much anything they wanted across the middle and short out routes. Uh, Purdy's getting the ball out in about two seconds.
3: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: And the Cowboys, you're not going to really get a chance to sack this guy in two seconds. You just can't block a grown man that far down the field and get to him in two seconds. So what the Cowboys are going to have to do is they're going to have to push that offensive line and they're going to have to get their hand up. The dude's about six one. You're going to have to make it a little difficult. The, the the Rams lost that game, but Stafford threw two interceptions. I think what they lose by seven, eight. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, they lost seven by seven. Uh,
1: that 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 game could have went either way. It really could have. So everybody's singing their praise and everything. They're good, but that day, that game was the Rams' game for the taking. If he hadn't. Yeah, one pass bounced off a wire Yeah,
3: but Gary, I mean, that that's the thing. And this is where I think Dallas needs to get to. They didn't come up and get that win against Arizona when they weren't having a good game. San Francisco, like you're saying, against the Rams, great teams find ways to win. I Look at the Eagles this year. They're not playing great, but they're undefeated. They're finding ways to win. Can Dallas do that on Sunday? More of your calls at 210-656-ESPN, 656 656- 3 7 at 7 6. Is this game against the Niners more on Dak or more on that Cowboys defense? Your call's next here on the Blitz on 94 1 at San Antonio Sports Star. Joe Reinagle.
0: That's
1: the third time in seven seasons. The San Antonio Spurs are the NBA champions. Jason minutes. They go
2: back to Big Day as Super Bowl champions. Dallas 52. Rumble
1: 17.
0: It's the Blitz on 94. one San Antonio Sports
3: Star. It is the Blitz here on 94. one a San Antonio Sports Star. Joe Reinagle has the day off. I'm Jay Simonix. James Pledger producing as always. You can always be a part of the show. If you're watching on YouTube, you can comment there. If you haven't done so yet, subscribe to the San Antonio Sports Star YouTube channel. You can always tweet X at Jason Menix at SA Sports Star. Joe's on a beach in Cabo. You can tweet him as well at Joe Reinagle two one zero or dial up two one zero six five six ESPN six five six three seven seven six. Kind of a rainy day today. Although is it still rainy? It's not rainy now, right? Is it cleared up outside? See, we're in a room with no windows. Now, when I was driving in at noonish. It, it it didn't seem bad, although you could tell it had rained and I wasn't sure there's no more rain in the forecast for the rest of today or even tomorrow, I don't think. Just a good old nasty storm this morning that apparently for those of you that have to get somewhere early today, you are probably late. But don't feel bad because everybody was late today. I haven't seen that many comments about being late and traffic sucks in on social media and I don't know how long. Dude it rained. You've you've been in San Antonio long enough especially when it's been a long time, that it's going to screw things up. But it must have been really bad. According to my wife, it took her over an hour to get to work today. Normally it takes about 20 minutes. So I don't know. It it must have been really bad. When I woke up, I could tell that it rained, but overall it looked pretty good. I apparently slept right through it. But also I got my car washed yesterday, so you're welcome. Yesterday, we got done at 530 because of the uh, Brewers game that Edwin requested that we carry. And his Brewers got swept, but I got a clean car out of the deal. And today, my car is dirty again. I got the I got the washed up pass, so no, no big deal. I'll, I'll get it there. My neighbor Hal said it took him an hour to get to work. That must have been the going rate. Right which meant more time for you guys to listen to Rob and Rudy on r r in the morning, which is good. And make sure you're listening to Rob and Rudy tomorrow morning because Cowboys head coach Mike McCarthy will join them as they do every Friday morning. Brought to you by A.A. Bus Bail Bonds. Stephen Jones of the Dallas Cowboys will join us in 25 minutes from right now. 4.30, we'll visit with Stephen Jones. And, and look, it's the game of the week of the year in the NFL. Um, and I don't think we're putting too much on a regular season game. I think for the Cowboys, clearly they need to get the monkey off the back. And as I say that, I'm visualizing, you know, that that video of Steve Young. Remember when he finally got that monkey off his back, that famous video? That is what Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys need to do. Talking earlier in the show with Larry Kruger from 95-7, the game in San Francisco. In the Bay Area, they're talking about this as a measuring stick game. They're talking about this as in in San Francisco and what he said from the players in the locker room, this isn't just a normal Sunday. This isn't just the next one on the schedule. Both teams are feeling that way. It looks like it could be one of those great heavyweight fights. 210-656-ESPN, 656-3776. For the Cowboys to get a win in San Francisco, is this on Dak Prescott or is this more on the Dallas Cowboys defense? And I ask that not to take any pressure off of Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott has to play a good to great game. He does. Dak Prescott, last time he played San Francisco through two interceptions. He can't do that. On Sunday night, Dak Prescott playing within the, the offense that Mike McCarthy has designed at this point has to continue to do that. Convert third downs, run the ball well with Tony Pollard. And I do think this is going to be more of a run heavy game for the Dallas Cowboys in the sense of this is what Mike McCarthy was talking about when they let Kellen Moore go. It's not about the number of runs. It's when you run the ball, how you control the clock. That is what Dallas has to do to keep San Francisco's offense off the field because the one area that Dallas's, offense, uh, Dallas's defense struggles is against the run. And you know what San Francisco is going to try to do. San Francisco is going to run the ball with Christian McCaffrey. And the short passing game that they utilize. And then a lot of yards after the catch. That is what San Francisco does so damn well. And that's also where Dallas' defense tends to struggle. Dak still has to play well. But in my mind, the Cowboys' defense has to be able to make tackles. Limit the yak yards. Which is... Extremely difficult to do against Christian McCaffrey. Two one zero six five six ESPN six five six three seven at seven six. Raymond, you're on the Blitz. What's up, man? Hey, Jason. Hey,
2: I'm just like I said. This, I know this is a big game. You know, it's it, it's probably the biggest game of the season for the Cowboys. But like I said, that has to be flawless. He can't be making those mistakes. And, and the same thing about the defense too. Like you said, Jason. We need to. This is old school. It's old school speed. The defense needs to stay in their lanes. Don't 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 overrun anything. Don't 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 chase don't chase something that's not there. Stay in your lanes.
3: Yeah, you know, I, it, I, I mean, yeah, they're going to have to play good, sound football and complimentary. But see, I think you just say Dak has to play flawless. There's not a quarterback around that has a flawless game. They're they're not. I mean, what do you mean by flawless? You no, know, is it no interceptions? Is it no sacks? Is it be 28 to 28 for 314 yards and five touchdowns? I mean, that, that, I, I mean, sometimes I think the expectations are so unrealistic that no quarterback on planet earth would be able to live up to them. I mean, sure, Dak can't turn the ball over. He can't have a dumb interception. If it's a, a, a four-point game and they need a touchdown to win and you're in the red zone, you can't throw an interception where you see three red jerseys and you're trying to get to the back of the end zone to find Brandon Cooks, who's hidden back there. Oh, wait, that was a flashback to Arizona. I'm sorry. But, yeah, he can't make a throw like he did against Arizona. But to expect any player to be flawless, he's got to be good. He's got to make good decisions. You know, I mean – Interception off a tipped hand. I mean, Dak will take all the heat for it because the pass could have been more perfect, I guess. But in reality, you know, other guys are going to have to do stuff. Dak has to be really good, really good. I mean, really, really good. I'm not trying to take anything off of the pressure that I want to see from Dak Prescott. But flawless, if that's your expectation, you'll always be disappointed. I don't care who you're a fan of or who the quarterback is. He's got to be flawless. He's got to be good. He's got to be good to great. I mean, but the defense, you look at San Francisco, they've scored over 30 points or 30 points in every one of their games. And it's weird when you look at every one of their games, 30, 30, 30, 35. They're so damn consistent. Christian McCaffrey, you know, he's scoring left and right. I mean, he's doing so much, you don't even know Debo's still on their team. And you do what you can to take away Debo, Brandon Nayuk will kill you. And it's interesting because I look at the Cowboys and feel like they've got you know similar style weapons that are so underutilized, like a CeeDee Lamb, like a Brandon Cooks, like a. Um, you, you look at it and you sit there and the Cowboys spread the ball out so much. You know the way they're targeting the tight ends. You know the different guys in the passing game that they are utilizing. It, it's pretty incredible when you look at it. Stephen Jones joins us coming up at four thirty. If you've got a phone line, hold on to it. More your calls as we continue here on the Blitz on ninety four one San Antonio Sports Star as we talk about the game of the week of the year, Cowboys and Niners coming up on Sunday night. It is the Blitz here on one San Antonio Sports Star. Ryan Eggles on vacation. I'm Jason Simonix Talking Cowboys at Niners with you. 210-656-ESPN. At 656-3776. On Twitter, X at Jason Munnick. Comment at S.A. Sports Stars uh, YouTube channel. So subscribe to that. San Antonio Sports Stars uh, YouTube channel. Steven Jones. He'll join us here on the Blitz in about 10 minutes. Daniel's been on hold a while. Daniel, you're on the Blitz. What's up, man?
1: Hey, what's up, Jason? Uh, love the show. Thanks for taking my call, man. Uh, just wanted to talk a minute about uh, I think Dak, I know another caller said to be flawless, uh, as you As you pointed out, it's damn near impossible, right? Um, I think you need to take some risks and, and throw the deep ball. Um, I think three or four deep balls in the game, maybe draw pass interference, uh, connect on a couple of those, but I think playing it safe and and throwing it checkdowns and throwing short passes aren't going to get it done on this uh, San Francisco secondary. I'm a San Francisco fan, um, and that that deep ball is something that I'm – my secondary is something that I'm afraid of. I'm going to have to be honest with you.
3: Well, and and, and I appreciate the honesty, and I think the reality is this is where you go back to are you making excuses or or legitimate reasons. I mean, they didn't bring in Brandon Cooks not to run the deep ball, right? Uh, C.D. Lamb can get down the field. Uh, There's guys that can do it. I just think with some of the offensive line issues, they've either been reluctant to even try, uh, but also with the big leads, they haven't needed to do it all that much. And I do think trying to come back against Arizona, the issues on the offensive line, the way Mike McCarthy was calling that game, I don't think he thought that that offensive line can hold up. All five starting offensive linemen for the Cowboys, they projected starting five, practiced today to some degree. The expectation is maybe we see all five, including Tyron Smith at left tackle against Bosa. I like that. Uh, then you got Tyler Smith, Beaudish, and then, of course, the right side with uh, Zach and, and Terrence Steele. I, I think for the first time all year, we might see the starting five offensive linemen, and that's going to give Mike McCarthy a lot more confidence to run some plays like that. Uh, I mean, again, Brandon cooks, I thought was going to have more impact on this offense that we haven't seen yet. Now we're four games in, he still has plenty of time to make that kind of impact, but to be honest with you, I'm surprised him and CD lamb both, but I think some of the lopsided games have really taken away some of the opportunity that you might typically see, um, And the amount of passes to the tight ends, the check downs to the running backs, which again are all part of the West Coast slash Tex Coast offense that the Cowboys want to do. And you hear Joe and I and Rob and Rudy a lot of times refer back to uh, this is what we saw in Oxnard, because that's why we go to training camp, right? What we saw in Oxnard is what you're just talking about. A lot of deep passes. Not a lot, but a lot of deep passes, the ability to try to go over the top. They've got the ability to do that. They've got the plays, at least in the playbook. I do wonder, though, again, reason or excuse with the issues at the offensive line. Are they not calling those plays for the obvious reasons or because of the big leads? They haven't had a need to do that. I mean, they're and coaches are weird dudes, man. Coaches, they might have something they want to do and say, well, I'm not going to show that right now. There's no point of showing that play or that formation or this or that with this big lead. We'll save that as a surprise for next week. And then you get other coaches that, well, we got a big lead. Let's have a little fun. Let's show this look. Let's show that look. Because if that takes 10 minutes of practice of them working on that particular look, you've done something, even though if you have no intention of ever running that again. And, yes, coaches do that kind of stuff. It's nuts. And they think about that. So we haven't seen it yet. Outside of the Arizona game, they haven't needed those deep passes yet. But with Arizona, he had three backup offensive linemen. Were they worried that that offensive lineman would hold up long enough for Dak to have the protection for those guys to get downfield and get open? The things that I'm waiting to see are the rollouts, you know, the, uh, you know, put Dak on the run a little bit with a nice RPO, the naked boot, which I'd love to see down in the goal line. And we saw a lot of those kind of plays being practiced in Oxnard. And we haven't really seen those yet during this regular season. And yeah, if you get those offensive linemen back, maybe there's a couple more plays that they're a lot more comfortable in running. We know Dak can throw the deep ball. He's done it. He's done it. It's the Blitz here on 94 1 San Antonio Sports Star. We'll talk more about the Cowboys and Niners with Stephen Jones of the Dallas Cowboys. He joins us next here on the Blitz on 94 1 San Antonio Sports Star. You know, nobody ever plans on getting arrested, but it does happen to a lot of people every day for all kinds of reasons. If you get arrested, you want to get out of jail fast. Best way to do that? Call my good friend Albert and his great staff at AA Best Bail Bonds, 210 225 2121. Text Bail to 474747, or you can start the bonding process online at mybestbailbonds.com. You don't have to call attorneys or anybody else to get out of jail, and you don't want to be forced into a PR bond. If the jail offers you a PR bond, make sure you truly understand what those conditions are before accepting it. Your best option for stress-free bail bonds is AA Best Bail Bonds because nobody beats their price. They have payment plans available, a free shuttle service. They're discreet and confidential and open 24-7 with offices all over San Antonio and Texas, services nationwide. So if you're up in Dallas, down in Corpus, anywhere in between, license number 149, call AA Best Bail Bonds, 210-225-2121 or go online at mybestbailbonds.com. You're on 94.1, a San Antonio sports star. Joe Reinagle on vacation. I'm Jason Minnix. Cowboys Niners has been the talk all week. Let's talk about it now with Stephen Jones of the Dallas Cowboys. And Stephen, appreciate the time. I know Mike McCarthy said earlier this week, it's not just another week. And I appreciate the honesty. What's the mood? I know it's week five, but does it have a playoff feel around the facility this week? Yeah, I think, uh, probably a fair way to, uh,
5: characterize it. I mean, there's no question, uh, there's no question marks about guys playing in games. I mean, you can just feel it that everybody's going to do anything and everything they can, uh, to be a part of this football game. Certainly the intensity and the attention to detail and, uh, everything that we're doing, uh, you can feel it. And, uh, you know, we're playing a hell of a football team. We think we've got a hell of a football team, but, uh, this is, uh, this is why you're in the business is to play games like this and nothing but respect for the 49er organization, nothing but respect for uh, coach Shanahan and his staff and certainly, uh, uh, John Lynch and, and the team they put together. So, uh, like I said, this is why you get in it. And, uh, uh, we've had some big playoff games, which unfortunately we've been on the short end of, but they've been, uh, you know, they've been battles, but, uh, we certainly, uh, Wanna get over the hump here and uh we're gonna to have to go out there and play uh top notch football, but I I think our guys are focused in and and ready to do what they have to do.
3: Tyron Smith and Zach Martin, full participants today in practice for the first time this year and it seems like forever. All the projected starting five offensive linemen could be available to you on Sunday night. How does that change the way the offense will work with all five of those guys in the offense? Will they be? Will Mike McCarthy be able to call like some deep passes for Dak Prescott?
5: Well, I think let's start with the fact uh, I want to you know I compliment all the guys who've been playing, uh, whether it's a uh, a Chuma or some of our uh, young college free agents who stepped up, TJ Bass, and uh, you know that crew uh, did a really good job and uh they really uh served the role of next man up and did a good job but no question when you got you know the guys who you're paying the money to and uh certainly there's a reason why they make more than others or were first round picks uh it's because obviously we think that's our our top group and agree with you It just uh, allows you to open up and not have to be in any way conservative in terms of uh opening up the playbook and whether that's uh Hold, you know, Dak feeling good about holding the ball a little longer and, uh, maybe letting some guys, uh, you know, work their routes, uh, whatever that may mean, running the ball. Uh, I think it makes a big difference in the red zone. Uh, all those things, uh, you know, give you an opportunity when you got your five guys up front that were, you know, the five, you were counting on starting from the get go. It's, uh, uh, you know, it, it's great to have those guys back. And, uh, certainly uh you know they're they're going to play well but the other thing you know hopefully as we move forward that'll uh be something that's uh more on a regular basis they can get the continuity and also not only play well against the 49ers but uh only improve as we move forward
3: Steven Jones of the Dallas Cowboys joining us here on the blitz on the defensive side. I know we all were holding our breaths last week when we saw Micah rolling around a little bit and limping. He could have my ankle, Stephen, if he, if he needs it, but what's the overall health of the defense, which certainly has a tall task in front of them on Sunday night.
5: Well, well, other than the obvious digs, uh, uh, you know, who won't be back the rest of the year, our defense is healthy. Micah is in great shape. Uh, you know, just feel really good about the group that's going to uh, go go work out there. Obviously, Ron Bland uh, stepped up in a big way uh, this last week, and uh, Jordan Lewis has stepped up in Bland's spot to uh, take over what was uh, maybe bad word, but rightfully his uh, in terms of where he's played for the last four or five years for us, made big plays on big stages. Uh, you know, he's uh, picking right up where he left off, so you know, feel really good about this defense. And let me tell you something, you won't have to loan your ankles because Jerry and I will be at the front of the line loaning our ankles to Micah as well. Hopefully, though, uh, we can find better thoroughbreds than Jerry and I to, to help him if he needs
3: it. And put my name in there, too. You really didn't want mine, but it's available to you if you need it. Steven, speaking of, I know Rico Dowdle had the hip injury and there was some concern there, uh, but it looks like he's going to be okay. And then there's a lot of different stories out there that maybe the Cowboys need to add a running back. How often are, are you looking at, at what running backs could be available to you either through trade or other other means?
5: We're actually not. We feel really good about Rico. Obviously, there was a little scare there that might would have changed the narrative some. But uh, you know, we got Malik Davis on the practice squad who uh, kept us from moving Rico up last year because uh, he was playing so well. So, and then we got Deuce Vaughn, who's uh, uh, you know we hadn't quite gotten him in the situations. Uh, Mike will be the first to tell you in terms of the game plan, uh, getting him in some open space where he can make some plays. Uh but we feel really good about uh our running back situation, obviously, we think we got i didn't mention him, but the best in the business and uh one of the best and uh Tony Pollard, who's off to a great start, I think showing everybody uh you know that he's capable of touching the ball 25, 35, uh thirty times a game and uh and being able to handle that workload
3: absolutely Stephen Jones of the Dallas Cowboys, go get us a win on Sunday night there at San Francisco.
5: Thanks a lot, guys. Great being on.
3: Appreciate it. Steven Jones of the Dallas Cowboys on the Buyer's Barricades guest line where they provide traffic control, rental, and sales for San Antonio and beyond online at buyersbarricades.com. What are you laughing at, James Pledger?
4: I was just laughing at his description of Deuce Vaughn. It sounds very, very similar to something.
3: Similar to what?
4: I don't know. Kind of a... Gadgety player that you would get out in space.
3: Ryan nagel's not here. You can say that. <laughs> well, look, I, I mean, I think they wanted to have him as a regular running back, and they uh, he ain't. So can he be a gadget guy? Now you got two gadget guys because you got one in Turpin, right? So the need there. Although that was quite honestly a surprisingly direct answer from Stephen Jones that they are not looking at other running backs. And I don't know if I appreciate the honesty, if he is being honest, or was that just a straight-up lie? But, I I mean, I expected the um, we're always looking 24-7. No, no, we're not looking. Well, what do you mean you're not looking? I mean, there are guys that look like they could be available that could be an upgrade. I mean, things with the Jets aren't working out for Dalvin Cook. Maurice Hall Hall's no longer on a pitch count. Aaron Rodgers ain't coming back this season, despite what he might tell you. If you're Dalvin Cook, are you are you saying, "All right, well, this wasn't the right decision." You know, uh, uh Cordell Patterson. Um Yo, know, his life ain't the same because of that B. John Robinson guy. Is he available? I love what I'm getting at with Tony Pollard. And the reality is, I don't, they don't, uh, you need a good backup. When Rico Dowdle got hurt last week, there was an oblique moment because one of the concerns you go back and uh, saSportsStar.com. listen to the audio vault powered by AA best bail bonds for months. I've been talking about the depth at the running back position. I am fine with Tony Pollard is RB1. I'm not fine with who's behind him. And several months ago, you go to May, when I was like, Rico Dowdle is the best running back not named Tony Pollard on the roster, and a lot of you people thought I was nuts. Malik Davis, Malik Davis, Malik Davis. It's Rico Dowdle. Who There's a reason they have kept him around all these years is because they like that guy but he hasn't been able to stay healthy. Then he got hurt last week. And that's my biggest concern. Deuce Vaughn, I'm done with that experiment. Unless, of course, you want to go gadget guy. Um, Malik Davis, I like Malik. But last year when Tony Pollard snapped his leg in San Francisco, they didn't trust Malik to hand them the ball. And then they put Zeke at center. I don't know sometimes. I I I mean, I don't know. The other thing, and, and Pledge, I don't know how quickly we can pull what we heard from Stephen Jones, but I think Stephen Jones did just tell us that some of the offensive uh, things that a lot of you are complaining about are a byproduct of the offensive line issues. Roll your eyes or not. I think that was a a very politically correct way of saying, well, I mean, those guys have done a really nice job for us, but yeah, there's no limitations when our starting five are out there. I mean, and th- and those guys have done well, but I do wonder if that's caused Mike McCarthy and his play calling to be on the more conservative side where you don't take chances, where, you know, I'd love to call this route right now, but. Can I get three and a half seconds out of these guys and not get Dak Prescott killed? You know, you're, you're playing the long game in that situation, September, October versus November, December, January, hopefully into February to me. Uh, I, I think we just heard that from Stephen Jones, that you get those guys out there and yeah, they are going to be able to call some plays that they haven't called to this point in the season. You heard from Steven? Let's hear from you. 210 656 ESPN 656 3776. You can tweet X at Jason Minnix at SA Sports Star. If you're watching on YouTube, you could always comment there. Cowboys Niners coming up Sunday night in a game that you can listen to here. On uh, Ninety Four One San Antonio Sports Star. The Cowboys broadcast with Brad Cham and Babe Laufenberg here on ninety-four one. The national broadcast will be over on ESPN AM twelve fifty, brought to you by Flight by Yingling. And it is the game of the week of the year uh, of the century. And when you look at this game and you get all five offensive linemen back, what that might do for the play calling, and I say might. Because until we see it, we don't know. But I think we just got a really good answer from Stephen Jones on that question. It'll be interesting to see if Mike McCarthy gets into that tomorrow morning when he is on with Rob and Rudy, brought to you by A.A. Best Bail Bonds. Because I look at this game for the Cowboys, and I ask you the question, is this more on Dak Prescott, or is this more on the Cowboys' defense? If Dallas is going to go in and get a win at San Francisco, how are they going to do it? Clearly, Dak has to play well if they're going to get a win. But I still think it comes down more on the defense. And outside of the loss of Diggs, as you just heard from Stephen Jones, everybody's healthy, and that includes Amica Parsons. The defense, in my mind, and it's a flashback to Arizona, they can't let San Francisco run all over them. They can't. And they've got to be able to tackle well, which they didn't tackle James Conner well against Arizona. And I don't know. I think that Christian McCaffrey guy's pretty good, especially compared to James Conner. Conner's good. He's no CMC. And then I think about the receivers that Arizona has. So I can't think of any of their names, but none of them are as good as a Brandon Ayuk or a Debo Samuel. The Cowboys are going to have to get it done. And that Purdy guy's pretty good, especially compared to a Dobbs, although I think Dobbs might run better than Brock Purdy. But decision-making, Brock Purdy is going to get and make the right decisions. And that's kind of the the weird matchups when you look at. The strengths and the weaknesses and how do they match up. The Cowboys calling card on defense is the pass rush. They play man coverage, and they get after the quarterback. The problem with that is Brock Purdy is really, really, really good against man coverage, and he's been really good when facing pressure. And a big part of that is his reads. His pre-snap reads are spot on. Kid is smart. And it gets rid of the ball so quick. That's part of the West Coast offense. That's what Kyle Shanahan likes to do. And you think about Shanahan and Dan Quinn when they were together in Atlanta. Those guys know each other well and the tendencies. So you're going to have so much gamesmanship and second-guessing going on. From that standpoint, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. But I think this Dallas Cowboys defense is going to have to get some stops, get get a takeaway or two, and, and limit the damage. I mean, obviously, Dak Prescott's going to have to play well and can't turn the ball over. But this year, Dak Prescott has not been a turnover machine. Through four games, only one interception. And you look around the league, how many quarterbacks have, have no interceptions through through four games? Yeah, C.J. Stroud in Houston is right up there. He, you know, off to an incredible start. But one interception through four games. Hell, Patrick Mahomes threw two the other night against the New York Jets. Jalen Hurts already has three. Think about Matt Stafford um, against San Francisco. Didn't he have two in that game? If I remember right? So, I mean, Dak can't turn the ball over, and they've got to run the ball well with, with Tony Pollard. But I still think this comes down to the Cowboys' defense. Can they get off the field? Can they tackle? Can they limit the yak yardage? 210-656-ESPN, 656-3776. Hey, Mingo, you're on the Blitz. What's up, man? Hey, Jason, thanks for taking my call. I appreciate it. Love the show, buddy. Thank you, man. Hey, I agree with you about the defense.
7: When we come down to our defense, I think our defense can stop them. I'm not worried about the run. The reason, uh, Cardinals was an anomaly. Uh, that's because they have an RPO quarterback. When we we face an RTO quarterback like Hurts and uh, Dobbs, that's when they struggle on defense. But uh, when it's a a drop-back passer like Purdy or or, uh, uh, Danny Dimes like that, that's when we excel. So as long as we can keep Purdy in the pocket, we'll have a chance. Uh, Uh, I I just think we need to play more press coverage because if they're going to be dicking and dunking, I see our guys, they like to play off a little bit and, and react. And that's when they get in trouble because most of the time they're fast enough to react real good. But if, if we play a little more press, if we're hitting, the, if we're hitting those guys five, five yards off the line uh, taking away short passes like that, uh, we should be better. I mean, our defense held us in the game uh, last, you know, at the, the, the playoff game last year was a very low scoring game. If we just play a real tight defense, at least keep us
3: in the game. Well, then that's it. And, you know, one of the things, Mingo, appreciate the call. Like you're saying, jam guys at the line of scrimmage, uh, San Francisco uses a lot of motion. Um, about 75% of their plays, uh, they have some kind of uh, of motion. And, and they do that to try to create mismatches. And, you know, Brock Purdy is, you know, really good against the pressure, and he's really good against man defense. And a big part of that is because of the motion, the mismatches, that they're creating um, you know and thats that's where I, I say you know it's obviously the cowboys want to put pressure you know that that's what the cowboys like to do, but when you do that and you're playing man on man you've got to be a good tackling team because yards after the catch, whew, um, as good as the cowboys' defense has been, that one area where they struggle. Quite frankly, where they suck is where San Francisco is so great. San Francisco leads the NFL in yak yardage. Uh, They led the NFL last year. Right now, um, uh, uh, fifth in total yards after the catch, which is um, in the Cowboys defense, 21st and 30 in the two categories. That's the one area where I look at, and you go back to 2021 when when Dan Quinn became the coordinator, that's the one area that you go. You look for the mismatch. The Cowboys have to be a good, clean tackling team. And that's what, what they've been. And that, can you fix that in a week? The attention to detail. And talking to Stephen Jones earlier, he talked about it. This week, you could tell it's got a different feel around the facility. It's October, but this is a game with a playoff feel to it. Back to the phones. Joe, you're on the Blitz. What's up, man? Yo, Joe? Joe? Joe going once. Joe going twice. Three and out for Joe. You could hear him. You can hear something. I don't know. Sometimes you get that and you know, people are, are 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 listening on the radio. And so you try to give them long enough to realize there's a delay. See, we have a delay, so if you call in and you say a bad word, Unless you're listening online, you don't hear it. Now, it's weird how the delay system works because you could say a bad word. Like I could say a word right now and Pledge could push a little button over there. We call it the dump button. Now, if you're listening on the internet or watching on YouTube, you would hear it because the dump isn't connected there, but the FCC doesn't regulate that. But over the air, it it would be different. Although I do anticipate some of those rules changing. I was sitting in my office earlier today watching Pat McAfee And I heard the S-word three different times. And I thought, you know, I know he's got to be careful with the F-word. And they're running him on a delay. They are trying to catch them all. But with some dudes, you just can't. But yesterday, we had the S-word said by Wemby. Now, we played it for you, but we had to bleep it out. Because we still have to play by the rules. A different set of rules, apparently, for Pat McAfee. But maybe eventually we'll all realize that they're using that kind of language in the third grade now, I think. Or at least that's what I see on TikTok. And you watch TV. I mean, I started watching suits the other day. Yes, I know I'm late to the party on suits. I, I know I'm late to the party. But every time I turn on Netflix, they 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 show me that lady and then and, and you know she's not wearing a whole lot, and it's like, watch suits. Okay, finally I did. Why didn't anybody tell me that's a great show? I I mean, honestly, why didn't anybody tell me that was a great show? Now I think I'm only three, maybe four episodes in. It's eight seasons. I'll never catch up. I'll never catch up. Uh, I mean, like tonight, I probably could get two or three more episodes done, but I'll subject myself to watching the Bears in Washington play football.
4: I mean, you'll catch up because they're not putting stuff out on top of it. Suits is done. Well, I I really, and,
3: and I didn't know that's the queen. Yeah. I had no well, idea. Isn't she yeah. the queen or the princess or whatever Prin- she is? Mm. I already forgot Duchess? her name. Whatever. She's part of the royal family.
4: Yeah. Well, they recused themselves from the royal.
3: Family. Dude, I don't keep up with all that crap. <laughs> so she's not?
4: I mean, Prince Harry and the uh, Duchess of Sussex or something like Dude. that. Dude. But, they, yeah, they removed themselves and their, their titles. They didn't want to be.
3: So they quit the royalty? Yeah. I mean, I knew that. I didn't realize that's her.
4: Yeah, that's her. Oh, okay. Meghan Markle.
3: Yeah, that's her. That's her name. So she's not the queen?
4: Mm-mm.
3: Right. My wife was trying to give me the download on that, and <laughs> I paid about as much attention to her telling me that as I just did you
4: about as much attention as she pays to you when you try and explain the Cowboys and why
3: the pass rush broke down? You know, she doesn't ask questions. She doesn't <laughs> care about the answer to. Fair enough. I mean, yeah. That was your show. You don't even get You really want to know? This was the top? Yeah, I don't really care. You know, like, she works in a hospital. I don't want to hear gross stuff. Don't, not that I don't care about your day. I don't want details. I don't want to know details because most of the stories are gross. Yep. That's what it boils down to. It is the Blitz here on 94-1, a San Antonio sports star. C.J. Stroud off to a hell of a start to his NFL career. We'll talk about that with John McClain coming up at 5.15 here on the Blitz on ninety four one San Antonio Sports Star. But right now we've got some tickets to give away to go see. Who are we giving away tickets to? Chris Tucker. It's up to you. Yeah, Chris. Well, it says right here, Chris Tucker, his comedy special. Majestic Theater, November 2nd. You want to go see Chris Tucker? Be caller number 9-210-656-ESPN, 656-3776. If you don't win the tickets, you can always buy them at LiveNation.com.
0: San Antonio's Sports Star. Woo! Joe Reinagle. After the third time
1: in seven
3: seasons. The San Antonio Spurs are the NBA Champions. Jason Minnix. They go back to big day as Super Bowl champions. Dallas fifty-two. Buffalo seventeen. It's the Blitz
0: on ninety-four one San Antonio Sports Star.
3: It is the Blitz here on ninety-four one San Antonio Sports Star. Joe Ryanegel. He has the day off. Has the whole week off for that matter. He's on vacation. I'm Jason Mannix. You can always be a part of the show, 210-656-ESPN, 656-3776. Tweet X at Jason Munnix at S.A. Sports Star. If you're watching on YouTube, you can always comment there. Subscribe to the San Antonio Sports Star YouTube channel. The Houston Texans off to a far better start than I think most thought. And big part of that is the play of rookie quarterback C.J. Stroud. We'll get into that. In about 15 minutes, John McClain will join us. But I think about what C.J. Stroud has done this year. And it's so reminiscent of what we saw from when Dak Prescott started his season. And I know James Pledger today, our great producer and resident Houston Texans fan, made a video today that's on all of our San Antonio Sports Star social channels, asking the ridiculous question, who would you rather have? C.J. Stroud or Dak Prescott. Now, nowhere in the video does he technically say that he thinks C.J. is better than Dak, but everything that he says implies that. It does. And as great of a start as C.J. Stroud is out, comparing him to Dak at this point, it just screams little brother. Uh, I hope C.J. Stroud delivers the way The Texans, I mean, they're exciting now between the coach and the quarterback and a lot of those young players. What C.J. Stroud has done has been impressive. Zero interceptions in his first 151 pass attempts. That's third most in the league. Pass attempts without interception to start a career behind who? Dak Prescott is number one on that list. Tua, by the way, number two. And I hope CJ can take over uh, number one on that list. At 151, he might get that this weekend against a a decent uh, Atlanta team. I, I, I like Houston in this game this weekend on the road. The way they've been playing, especially on the defensive side, the way they've been playing. And that's why I like them as we sit here right now, and we'll see if John McClain is able to change my mind but CJ's just been solid um, this year. Dak Prescott, as James said in his video, CJ's got a higher ceiling. Duh, he's four games into his NFL career. He's he's on the first floor looking at the at the skyrise building. Of course, CJ has a higher ceiling than Dak Prescott. We know what we have with Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott's been a great regular season quarterback. Dak Prescott hasn't gotten it done in the postseason, and that's where it's got to get done. And I've said it a gazillion times since last year's playoff loss to San Francisco. Dak's got to get it done in the playoffs, or or the Cowboys need to move on. We've we 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 have enough. We know what we have. You you look at bizarre stats. Dak Prescott has the highest winning percentage for a quarterback that has never made a conference championship game. Tony Romo's number two on that list. I think it's the curse of Jimmy Johnson. Put that man in the ring of honor. While I'm alive? Yes, while you're alive. Is that not one of the more bizarre stats? I mean, both really, really, really good quarterbacks. Neither have gotten it done when it matters most. And that's in the postseason. 12 win regular seasons. If that doesn't result in at least a conference championship game, who gives a damn? I mean, you think about like how good the Atlanta Braves were under Bobby Cox one World Series. But, boy, they got a lot of division championship T-shirts and hats. Dak Prescott's had the gig long enough. Now it's about playoff results. I know what you can do in the regular season. You've proven that. Can you get it done in the playoffs? And you look at a game like tomorrow night. This is a game, or tomorrow night, Sunday night. This is a game that has a playoff-like feel. And it's strange because while it has a playoff like feel, I don't necessarily know if if I think Dak Prescott's got to be the one to go win this one. I think on Sunday night it's more about the Cowboys defense and they can can they slow down that great San Francisco offense enough. The, to me it's uh, Sunday Sunday night is more about the Cowboys defense. You think about what Arizona did to the Dallas defense. and you think about San Francisco's offense, you think about the weak areas of the Cowboys' defense and the San Francisco offense. If the Cowboys get out of San Francisco with a win on Sunday, it's going to be because of that defense. Now, Dak Prescott can't screw it up. He still has to play well, don't get me wrong. And maybe uh, we'll see some different play calling with all five offensive linemen, if they're able to go. I mean, they got through today's practice. Today's, what, Thursday? Friday's kind of a walkthrough. Then the Cowboys have a solid practice on Saturday. They'll get on a plane and then head to San Francisco. But if the projected starting five offensive linemen are good to go on Sunday night, that's Tyron Smith at left tackle, Tyler Smith at guard, Biotish, Zach Martin and Terrence Steele. If those five can go, I think we'll see different play calling. I asked Stephen Jones that earlier today here on the Blitz, and he said, Yeah, you're going to see the Cowboys trying to take some of those deep shots.
5: Well, I think let's start with the fact uh, I want to, you know, I compliment all the guys who've been playing, uh, whether it's a, uh, a Chuma or some of our uh, young college free agents who stepped up, TJ Bass and uh You know that crew uh did a really good job, and uh they really uh served the role of next man up and did a good job. but no question when you got you know the guys who you're paying the money to, and uh certainly there's a reason why they make more than others or were first round picks uh it's because obviously we think that's our our top group and agree with you, It just uh, allows you to open up and not have to be in any way conservative in terms of uh, opening up the playbook and whether that's, uh, you know, Dak feeling good about holding the ball a little longer and uh, maybe letting some guys, uh, you know, work their routes, uh, whatever that may mean, running the ball, uh, I think it makes a big difference in the red zone, Uh, all those things, uh, you know, give you an opportunity when you got your five guys up front that were you know, the five you were counting on starting from the get-go, it's, uh, uh, you know, it's great to have those guys back. And, uh, certainly, uh, you know, they're, they're going to play well, but the other thing, you know, hopefully as we move forward, that'll, uh, be something that's uh, more on a regular basis. They can get the continuity and also not only play well against the 49ers, but, uh, only improve as we move forward.
3: Absolutely. And again, the five best guys that you've had that you've paid are going to be there. And you heard Stephen Jones. That can hang on to the ball a little bit longer, a little bit more uh, uh, developing routes downfield. Brandon Cooks, welcome to the party. Hopefully you'll shine on Sunday night in a game that you can listen to here on 94-1 San Antonio Sports Star. John McLean joins us next. We'll talk CJ Stroud and the Texans here on 94-1 San Antonio Sports Star.
5: Friday on R in the morning. RJ O'Choa joins us a little after seven o'clock, but we're bearing the lead. Of course, Mike McCarthy gets here early and stays late. We're getting ready for Cowboys. We're getting ready for for Longhorns, we're getting ready for Aggies, we're getting you ready for it all.
3: Now back to the Blitz. Jason, you've had a hell of a week. It's time to celebrate. The day that ends and why? Let's celebrate. Why not? Not quite yet Friday. I don't know if Rob realizes that. It is the Blitz on 94 1 at San Antonio Sports Star. As I know, it's not Friday yet because every Thursday. We get to visit with the great John McClain, who joins us now on the Byers Barricades guest line. Ryan goes on vacation, John, a football season wedding, but it's in Cabo. Um, And I think that's why he decided to go, because football season weddings shouldn't be allowed, unless, of course, it's at a great beach resort.
8: Well, good for him. Uh, I'm sure he took one for the team to go down there and uh, it must be a hardship for him to have to do that. So, But I hope somehow he's able to enjoy himself.
3: I would imagine he's uh, doing what he can to uh, have fun down there at Cabo, although missing a great week with Texas OU on Saturday, Alabama A&M, and then, you know, Cowboys Niners on Sunday night, baseball playoffs. And, you know, don't look now, but the Houston Texans, John, playing good football.
8: They've won two in a row. They won by 20, let's see, they won by 20 at Jacksonville. They beat Pittsburgh here by 24, most lopsided victory by a Houston team over the Steelers since the Oilers in 91. And they're getting a lot of well-deserved recognition around the country. And uh, going over there every day, Jason, is so much more fun because everything is so positive and upbeat because of the atmosphere. And going into this game against Atlanta, two and two, and tied with the other three teams in the, uh, into the in the my goodness in the AFC South, they're in the best physical condition they've been in this season. They get a lot of players back, not all of them, but they're both their tackles are back: Laramie Tunsil, left tackle; Titus Howard, right tackle. They get back their uh, nickel corner, Javier Thomas, and. And I told Laramie Tunsell, you guys, him and Titus Howard got some big shoes to fill because (laughs) the third-string left tackle and the third-string right tackle who had to start contributed to C.J. Stroud not being sacked in each of the last two games. And that was so impressive because Sunday, T.J. Watt came in with six sacks to lead the league, and the Steelers came in with 13. Watt had no sacks. He had only one hit on the quarterback and two tackles so they have done a great coaching job and the players have done a tremendous job carrying out their plan in these last two games
3: john mcclain joining us here on the blitz on the buyers barricades guest line you think about the play of cj stroud and you know first four games no interceptions his his uh um Ability to seemingly not make the same mistake twice. Now, game one against Baltimore, throw that out the window. Even against the Colts and obviously the win against Jacksonville and last week against Pittsburgh, what is it about C.J. Stroud that has him playing so well this early into his rookie year?
8: We're all in shock because you expect him to stumble a little bit, and he will. You know, he'll throw interceptions, but right now, the most impressive thing about his performance is he hasn't thrown any bad balls that have been dropped by his receivers, or balls that that uh, the defensive bags had in their hand and dropped that should have been an interception. He's been incredibly poised, and like I say, we're talking about 13 people starting at every offensive line position other than right guard, and. He's been able to throw on the run. He's throwing from the pocket. He gets rid of the ball quick, and he's got a good arm. And he talked early in the season about ball placement. And man, he has he has done an outstanding job of that. And I've just been amazed. And his receivers, Nico Collins, has emerged in his third season. I'm doing a column right now for SportsRadio610.com saying could CJ Stroud and Nico Collins. Develop into Matt Schaub, Andre Johnson, Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins, and the start that they're off to now has been pretty remarkable. And I'll tell you a stat that just blows me away. Stroud joins this group of quarterbacks as the only ones in NFL history to throw for at least 1,200 yards without an interception in their first four games. That group is Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, drew Brees, aaron Rodgers, and patrick mahomes what do they have in common they're either in the hall of fame or going to the hall of fame and then there's cj stroud and i who just turned 22 on tuesday and i asked him about being in that illustrious group and he's so humble he is a very good talker and every time i talk to him i like to listen to his answers now often do you see that
7: mm-hmm. <laughs> and
8: he was very humble about being with that group and Through four games, he has the second most yards for in history to Cam Newton, and he's not going to have the most in five games because Cam threw, I think, for three hundred ninety-eight in his fifth game in fifteen. But in two thousand eleven, but he's been amazing. Second franchise quarterback they've ever had to Deshaun Watson, and that development has happened way sooner than anybody could have anticipated
3: john mcclain uh, joining us here on the blitz and you think about you know another group that he's with you know behind Dak and Tua, a number of uh, attempts without an interception to start a career and he, he's off to a great start i'm curious down in houston how texans fans are are handling the success with two straight wins because i got to tell you here in San Antonio, Texans fans, both of them, James Pledger being one of them, not well. James put a video today on our, our station social media saying, basically, Cowboy fans, who would you rather have, Dak Prescott or C.J. Stroud?
8: Well, at this point of their careers, you'd rather have Dak Prescott because Dak is proven. But based on what they've showed this year, you'd rather have Stroud because he's off to such a great start. in the game that the Cowboys have, This is a game that Dak's going to have to be his best this season. He's because the 49ers are the best and most balanced team in the NFL, even more so than Philadelphia. And it's going to be great. I was, it might be the first of two. You know, how many times have they been in the NFC championship game? Six or seven Mm -hmm. going back to when Staubach and John Brody were the quarterbacks. And it's just going to be a fantastic game. And uh, I think. San Francisco's defense is really good. It's not as dominant as Philadelphia's is up front, and it won't surprise me at all. If the Cowboys win, two reasons, because the defensive line was able to get after Brock Purdy and rush him into throwing plays that he didn't – before he wanted to throw the ball or they actually get to him and get a strip sack or two, and Dak will play – his best game. As far as the Texans going to Atlanta, Bijan Robinson, he's off to a great start. Falcons have lost two in a row. Do you know, Jason, the last time the Texans had a three-game winning streak was 2018 when they won nine in a row. I thought, sure, in 2019, they might have won three in a row when they won the division, but they didn't. So if they lose, it won't surprise me. The spread started three and a half. It's down to one and a half, but if they win, it won't surprise me either. And I can't remember the last time I said this about this team.
3: You know, the, the, you know it's funny when you start diving in the numbers because, you know, you see that it, it's been a while, 2018, but Atlanta hasn't started at 3-0 and at home since 2015. And in that year, they finished 4-4. Wow. Four and four. So I, I'm looking at this Houston team, and I've said this a couple of times this week. I don't know that I would have said this, uh, in August and certainly not early September, but watching Houston play against Jacksonville, watching what they did to Pittsburgh, seeing Atlanta play, seeing new Orleans play, seeing Carolina play. I I think you're looking at a good long three, four, maybe even five game win streak here. I think they go into the bye on a win streak.
8: Jeez. You sound like some of the media people here. I'm, I'm thinking, okay, um, what are the odds they're going to do that? Now, they could, based on what we've seen, all those NFC South teams are beatable, but they're also cap- all capable of beating the Texans. Right now, I look at Carolina. They play at Carolina, and the Panthers are winless. And Bryce Young is struggling, even though he went to the bad teams. He went to one that won seven games last year. And as a veteran coaching staff led by Frank Reich, as opposed to the Texans, who have a rookie play caller and a rookie head coach, but uh, if they can continue to – the thing they need to do better is run the ball, and it's hard to do it when you've had all those injured linemen, but that won't be an excuse. They ran it better against the Steelers than any team they played against, and if they get the running game going to help Stroud even more, that'll be more impressive, but their defense is coming off a really good game overall, allowed the Steelers 225 yards – and no touchdowns and if they can somehow contain John Robinson they got a chance to win that game and uh and so it is right now it's very positive it's very exciting people are already asking can they win the AFC South and I said well if you look at all four teams right now where they've been and where they are why not the Texans
3: why why not so are you are are you picking Houston to win or lose this weekend against Atlanta
8: I'd, I picked them to, the only game I've missed so far is I picked them to beat Indy and they got beat by 11, but I picked them to win this one by three. And, uh, if, if they lose, I'm going to call the McNair family and say, every time I pick y'all, you, you lose. How much will you pay me to not pick you anymore? And see <laughs> if I can get a million or two out of it.
3: Hey man, if you only two, this is where you're greedy. <laughs> I mean, if you get to make, I mean, the McNairs have that in the couch cushion. It's, yeah, the only I,
8: thing I'm ever greedy about Jason is food.
3: Well, well, that's true. But think about their their couch cushion wallet as the buffet line there in the Texans press box. Because let's see, <laughs> you know, this would be five weeks <laughs> in. You got eleven more weeks to go. A million a pick. I, I, I think you could be on to something. And then you Actually, go get dessert.
8: Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll seriously consider that.
3: I, I, I mean, I w- Why not? I mean, I'll tell you to put the bottle down, but why not? Real well, quick. The other thing we got.
8: The Astros, oh, yeah, the Astros, they're hosting the Twins. The Astros are thirty nine and forty two at home this year. No team with a losing record in home has ever won a World Series.
3: Thanks, John, for letting me down. <laughs> John McLean, uh, read his work at sportsradio dot com. The Utopia Podcast. And make sure you follow him on Twitter at McLean underscore on underscore NFL. John, have a great weekend, man. Let me know how that call with the McN Do you call Janice or or, or Callum for that?
8: I'm calling Cal, and please tell Joe, offer my condolences of having to go to Cabo on such a big football weekend. Thank yeah, you, Jay. I'll
3: let him know. John McClain uh, joining us here on the Blitz, the legend that is. He's the best. Sad part is he would call, call McNair, Cal McNair and ask him that. See, and I think Cal is the right one to call. Janice? Unless she's shopping, man, she could be uh She's not going to write that check. She's not going to do it. Joe Reinagle,
0: Jason Minix, The Blitz on 94 1 San Antonio Sports Star.
3: It is The Blitz here on 94 1 San Antonio Sports Star. Joe Reinagle on vacation. I'm Jason Minix. Thursday, NFL football tonight here on 941 at San Antonio Sports Star the football gods have blessed us with the bears in washington you can listen to it beginning at 630 here on one. brought to you by flight by yingling but you also want to make sure you get your picks in our awesome tickets pro football pick 'em challenge at sa-sportstar.com get your weekly picks in get that thursday night game done it's a tough one to pick tonight because weekly winners get a $50 gift card to Five Oaks Ace Hardware over there on Thousand Oaks. The grand prize winner at the season ends, uh, $1,000 worth of tickets to, uh, or from A Awesome Tickets, whatever you want to go to. Concert, game, combination of both, you get $1,000 from A Awesome Tickets, $1,000 worth of tickets. So SA com. You look at the leaderboard. James Pledger, our producer, currently tied for first. I'm tied for second, a game behind, Uh, so get your picks in. Tonight's all right. I mean, the Bears are winless, and these are picking straight up, so I think it's easy to go Washington here. But at some point, the Bears are going to trip into a win, right? Washington, well, they played great last week, lost. Again, they play great two weeks in a row on a short week. You know, so many questions with Sam Howell. Um, If you're looking at the spread, the line at six straight up I think Washington the line I might go the other way although honestly I'm staying away from this one just because I don't trust either one of these football teams to show up and do anything uh and it's NFL football two bad teams generally make a pretty good game so we'll see what we have here but again sa com for the pro football pick 'em challenge uh those you know you get that Thursday night game got to get it in there 210-656-ESPN, 656-3776. Joshua, you're on the blitz. Says you want to compare Dak and C.J. Stroud. Hey, Jason, yes, I, I do want to compare Dak and D- C.J. Stroud because C.J. Stroud is a way better quarterback
5: than Dak Prescott.
3: Way better. Yeah, See, that's, that's the problem, dude. You can't even have a, a, a an argument. Way, be- He's off to a great start. I'm sure you saw the Baltimore game. You didn't make that call after the Baltimore game. Uh, You didn't make that call after the the Colts game. CJ is off to a great start, but you make people want to, by comparing, put them down a little bit. You know, James Pledger, I think, is guilty of that today on on uh on the san antonio sports star social channels now james you could say i didn't say that but when you watch the video when you listen to it and you can open up you know i'm sure you'll get into this coming up on extra innings with pleasure and defend i never said that cj was better but everything you implied is that he is and i'm excited that the texans finally have a quarterback uh i, I mean I I might honestly be more excited about what I'm seeing from C.J. Stroud than I was Deshaun Watson. And I was a big Deshaun Watson fan. And, you know, even Matt Schaub and those Texans teams, I thought they were going to do more with J.J. Wadnery and Foster in the backfield, the receivers that they have. I mean, you talk about disappointment, and every Texans fan will point to the Cowboys' failures. How those Texans teams didn't win more or at least get to an AFC championship game, Quite frankly, it's surprising. A guy that named TJ Yates got you a playoff win. And you guys couldn't do anything with it. Those teams were loaded with Brian Cushing on defense, your head coach, uh, you know, back then, you know, J.J. Watt. And they couldn't get it done. Uh, I mean, so pile on on the Cowboys' failures. But, I mean, your short history has a lot of disappointment in it as well. Enjoy what you're getting out of CJ. The ceiling is there the arrows are certainly pointing up, but Dak Prescott is not a trash quarterback. I mean, people like you, Joshua, talk about Dak Prescott like he's Mitch Trubisky, and he's not the the blemish, the biggest wart, and it's a big old pimple on the end of your nose. And you got to take your prom pictures. Is he hasn't gotten it done in the playoffs, and that's what matters. But to say that a guy like CJ is way better than Dak. Dude, it's just a dumb argument. It's how bar fights happen because of things like that. I mean, it's just not true. Now, eight years in, will he exceed what Dak has done? It's possible. It's possible, but both of them are. You know, you you go back and you look at Dak's first four games. He was four and zero. CJ's two and two. Just saying. I mean, if you want to compare like that, which is stupid, so I'm not even going to do it. But if you want to play that game, you'll lose every argument out there. Um, and you look at Sunday night. Dak has to play well against the San Francisco 49ers. But even then, it's October. Dak needs to play well when they play San Francisco in January because it does look like these teams, these teams are on a collision course to meet for a second time. And I would much rather have a January win than a win in, I don't know, October. And if you're just looking at straight numbers, one one thing that you, know, you, you look at, the Cowboys have won three straight against San Francisco in the regular season. They've lost the last two to San Francisco. They were in the playoffs. I look at the defense for this game as being the determining factor. Cowboys' defense is allowed 41 points all year. San Francisco scored over 30 in every game. What part of that is going to give? And the Cowboys will have, hopefully, as we sit here at 543 on a Thursday, all of their offensive line. Well, not all of them. Their five projected offensive linemen. It's a better way to phrase that. The, the five best offensive linemen. The projected starters from, I don't know, May, June, July, training camp, Tyron at left tackle, Tyler at left guard, Tyler uh, Tyler, uh, Biotish at center, and then Zach and Terrence on the other side. I look at that and sit there and go, all right, does that change some of the play calling for Dallas? Because one of the question marks is when are they going to go over the top? They haven't really done that yet this season. Some of that might just be because the scores of the games haven't said to do that. Don't call those plays. You know, they had big wins. Uh, their three wins have all been blowouts. You know, when the game they lost Arizona, when you felt like they needed to, they had three backup offensive linemen in. So with five, your five best offensive linemen, I asked Stephen Jones earlier today on the Blitz, does that take some of the... Uh, pressure off of 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 Dak in other words and Mike McCarthy can they call plays where guys are going to go downfield and go over the top
5: well I think let's start with the fact uh, I want to you know I compliment all the guys who've been playing uh, whether it's a uh, a Chuma or some of our uh, young college free agents who stepped up T.J. Bass and uh, you know that crew uh, did a really good job and uh they really uh served the role of next man up and did a good job but no question when you got you know the guys who you're paying the money to and uh certainly there's a reason why they make more than others or were first round picks uh it's because obviously we think that's our our top group and agree with you It just uh, allows you to open up and not have to be in any way conservative in terms of uh opening up the playbook and whether that's uh Whole, you know, Dak feeling good about holding the ball a little longer and, uh, maybe letting some guys, uh, you know, work their routes, uh, whatever that may mean, running the ball. Uh, I think it makes a big difference in the red zone. Uh, all those things, uh, you know, give you an opportunity when you got your five guys up front that were, you know, the five, you were counting on starting from the get go. It's, a, uh, uh, you know, it, it's great to have those guys back. And, uh, Certainly, uh, you know, they're they're going to play well. But the other thing, you know, hopefully as we move forward, that'll uh, be something that's uh, more on a regular basis. They can get the continuity and also not only play well against the 49ers, but uh, only improve as we move forward.
3: So did Steven just admit that they've been a little conservative with the play calling with those offensive linemen? That's that's kind of what I took about it. You don't have to be conservative that can hang onto the ball a little bit longer because he knows the protection is going to be there. There's there's a much higher trust factor with those five offensive linemen than some of the other guys. And I and I I'm I'm glad Steven complimented them at the beginning because they did play well. Oh man. A bummer. Breaking news. <laughs> Bears legend Dick Buckus has passed away at the 80, the Hall of Famer. Man, that sucks. Dick Buckus. He's one of those guys, man. He's, he's one of those guys. And if you ever had a chance to meet him in person, he, he's, he's just one of those fun guys. And hell, his recent Twitter accounts, uh, or Twitter account X, whatever you call it, um, he was fun on Twitter. Was he 80? Some of those guys you just feel like live forever and should live forever. The great Dick Buckus passes away. It's the Blitz here on ninety four one, uh, San Antonio Sports Star. It's a Thursday afternoon about this time. What do you want to do first?
0: Grilling with the Blitz, presented by Tri-County Meat Market.
3: Judge Meat, we tell you every week, sasportstar.com. If you're doing some grilling, and I tell you what, this is going to be a great grilling weekend. When you think about all the football on Saturday, Cowboys playing on a Sunday night, want to see those photos of what's on your grill, upload them to sasportstar.com. I do appreciate everybody that tweets me photos over the weekend, but that doesn't get you into the contest and into the running for the $50 gift card from Tri-County Meat Market. It doesn't. I appreciate the tweets, but if you want to win the gift card, you need to go to sasportstar.com, which I'm, I'm, I'm doing as we speak. I was looking at we at some of the entries, and this one is kind of interesting as I've never done this, but I've thought about it. and it's called Lollipop Chicken, where basically you cut the tendons off the bottom, and I, I've seen some people wrap it in foil on the legs, so they, they get keep that good white color. I'm not sure the point other than you just you're cutting tenders and creating a nice bone, but it looks cool, and it looks like this guy well not looks like he says in the meeting uh, in the in the description he he wrapped the chicken in bacon, so he didn't just barbecue chicken lollipop style he wrapped it in bacon because bacon makes everything better so congratulations, Paul, you win yourself a fifty dollar gift card to Tri-County Meat Market's Hebner Road location.
0: The Blitz wants you to know What's on Tap. Presented by Sam's Burger Joint.
3: It is time for What's on Tap, brought to you by Sam's Burger Joint. For full lineup, get your tickets, see their menu, go to samsburgerjoint.com. Tonight, Aaron Tilt is on their stage. On Friday night, the Ocean Blue with Motorcade. On Saturday night, the Soul Rebels. And then on Sunday, TV Smiths, the adverts. Other action and stuff around town tonight. Diamond Rio is out at Green Hall. The Jonas Brothers are at the Frostbank Center. The Jonas Brothers. Pledge, are you going to see the Jonas Brothers? Yeah. Although, I bet it's a great show. I'm sure. That, well, I've seen the Jonas Brothers. It's been a while since I've seen the Jonas Brothers. In fact, I saw the Jonas Brothers win... It was still uh, Hannah Montana. Uh, they were opening for Hannah Montana. Not even Miley, it was Hannah. <laughs> With Erica living in Phoenix, I don't have to worry about going to the Jonas Brothers, but all you girl dads, have fun tonight. At least you're only missing Bears and Redskins. Uh, the Shirley MacComb, Commanders. The Shirley McComb's Empire Theater has Illuminate tonight. The LOL Comedy Club has Hans Kim. Cole Wetzel in town uh, tomorrow night on Friday night. Cole Wetzel playing at the Frostbank Center. The Alamo Dome has the Fall Home and Garden Show. Marty Stewart and his fabulous superlatives are at the McCombs Empire Theater. And the ESPY has Snarky Puppy. ACL is happening this weekend. And at ACL Live, Alanis Morissette's going to be doing a taping tomorrow night. She's on stage at ACL on Saturday. And I'm planning, because it's, it's Alanis Morissette then Shania Twain and then Foo Fighters. I'll be camped out. I'll watch Alanis and camp two out. Two for
4: your wife, one for you.
3: Yeah, for Foo Fighters. Well, I think Shania is in San Antonio on what Wednesday this week, something like that. It should be on here, but um, I don't know. She'll find me. I'll be camped out by the by the Foo Fighters. Um, Flores Country Store has John Wolf, Dennis Quaid at, at Green Hall, Freeman Coliseum. The San Antonio Heat Wave 2023 Custom Truck and Car Show. Frostbank Center, Saturday night. The Spurs are having an open scrimmage. Your first chance to see Wemby in person play basketball with the Spurs jersey on. Josh Abbott Band out at Floors. Green Hall has Kylie Frey and Tyler Halverson. Tech Board Center has Cradle of Filth. Kelly Willis, Shake Russell at the Redbird Listening Room on Sunday. The Dropkick Murphys. you going to go see the Dropkick Murphys? That one I may venture out for. I know we got Cowboys and Niners. But I tell you what, Dropkick Murphys. I saw them in Boston Memorial Day weekend oh. at the Boston Calling Festival. And I know everybody knows one song that they do. Shipping up to Boston. Maybe you know two, but you know one. They have a lot of other good music. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a good show Sunday night at the Techport Center. I'm going to miss that because Cowboys Niners. And I just saw them in May in Boston. And Monday night, I'm going to be at the Freeman Coliseum for Shine Down in Papa Roach. We've got a pair of tickets. You want to win them? Be caller number 12 right now, 210 656 espn 656 3776 6 caller number 12 you'll win a pair of tickets to go see Papa Roach and Shine Down Monday night out at Freeman Coliseum. What's on tap brought to you by Sam's Burger Joint online at samsburgerjoint.com. It's going to be a good weekend. Don't forget Mike McCarthy, head coach of the Dallas Cowboys joins Rob and Rudy tomorrow morning on R&R in the morning brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 6:45 Uh, They'll replay it, I believe, in the 9 o'clock hour. You want to hear from the Cowboys head coach as they get ready for a game that even Mike McCarthy said earlier this week is not just another game. It's a big one on Sunday night. Cowboys and Niners, of course, we'll be talking about it as well tomorrow on the Blitz starting at 2 o'clock. Thursday night football tonight, Chicago taking on Washington. Listen to the game here on ninety-four one San Antonio Sports Star, brought to you by Flight by Yingling. That pregame show starts right after Extra Innings with Pledger, which is next here on ninety-four-one San Antonio Sports Star. It's the Blitz with Jason and Joe. Follow Jason at Jason Menix
0: and Joe Reinigle at Joe Reinagle210. On YouTube and always at sasportstar.com. Hey, Doc, you
4: better back up. We don't have enough roads to get up to 88.
0: Roads, where we're going, we don't need roads. KTFM Floorsville. <laughs>